All right. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Steer Sangler Podcast. I am Bailey Igbrett here with my good buddy, Mr. Andy Full. Mr. Master Captain, what's going on, dude? <laughs> you can stop calling me that now. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of every, story, dude. every time you say that, I'm like, oh, I'm in an episode of Halo. <laughs> <laughs> so, boy, do we have a good one tonight, don't we? Oh, yeah. Many, many rabbit holes. It'll be the epitome show of rabbit holes. I know we talk about how we do it all the time, but tonight we'll be like talking about absolutely everything. But uh, it's it's going to be a fun one. We had Eric on. I had Eric on episode, I think it was 42. We were just talking about it offline a long time ago. So it's good to catch up with him. I know he had a successful tournament season. And obviously, like like I mentioned on the Instagram posts, if you have it tied on, 99% chance he knows exactly what it is, size, shape, origin, where it's from, manufacturing. <laughs> he knows absolutely everything. I see him chuckling down there in the queue, but he knows I'm right. <laughs> I, I think he's just impressed how I sniped out the hooks right behind him from like 10 yeah. feet away. The guy with the glasses and the prescription can see better than the guys without. <laughs> I, I just, I, I recognize brands and labeling really well. I have like a very photogenic memory. So I was just like, Ooh, I know what those are. I think those are nice. decoy hooks. <laughs> I've never even heard what those are. So I, I'm oh, sure. dude. JDM stuff. You got to get in the JDM wave. Oh, I do. I really do. Uh, I think I say it to Andy all the time offline that he's he's my terminal guy. Like I'm behind <laughs> on everything terminal. So like I just ask Andy questions all the all the time. Well, oh, speaking of which, let's end the debate right now. How does that glass rod feel so far? It feels incredible. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, we, we can ask Eric glass or yeah. graphite. Yeah, I, I, I have some chatterbait questions for him too. Sweet. But, uh, we're going to a bunch of them. I see you're saying something, Eric. I can't hear you right now. We'll hear you in a second. We'll, we'll bring it up in a second. Let, let's just bring him in. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Yeah, let's roll with it tonight then. What's going on, dude? What's going on, man? Good to see everybody, man. Thanks yeah. for having me back. I appreciate it. Andrew, nice to meet you. Of course. Yeah, you yeah. too, man. You too. We, we, just, we jumped right into it. <laughs> we can see you going on a rant down there, so I guess we'll bring you in right away. So we'll just get rid of the Hobie ad tonight. <laughs> we'll just take a commercial break randomly. That, that's a good idea. That's a good idea for the Water ad. break. <laughs> well, dude, talk to us, because uh, obviously 2020 has been wild, you know, year for everybody. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, it seems like it treated you well on the competitive side of things. It did. It did. So, um, you know, my 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 – Scooter Lily, Captain Scooter Lily of uh, CWW and Sir Charger. I'm I'm repping I'm repping the brand tonight, man. CWW and Sir Charger, Captain Scooter. I hope you're watching. But uh, yeah, man. So uh, we um, his title sponsor is Angler's Choice. That's the main uh, circuit that we fished down in the Carolinas in Virginia last year, uh, and they elected to cancel the season due to COVID. Mm. So okay. that was that was our path to the the Bass Nation Championship that we fished the prior year in Hartwell. So um, that was tough. Didn't find another entry point into that. But nonetheless, one of the the, the secondary ones we fish is Bojangles. And uh, that's one of the longest running. It It is, man. Chicken, right? It's one of the long. Yeah, I'm talking about Bojangles chicken. It's one of the I'm longest running. <laughs> me too, man. It's one of the <laughs> longest running team tournament trails down in the Carolinas. And uh, we ended up winning the points championship. And um, so we, we, we got an automatic berth because we didn't fish all their derbies, but uh, accumulated enough points with the high finishes that we had uh, to, to enter into the, the classic. So uh, the classic is 
on Lake Gaston. It's a two-day event, and uh, we ended up taking home the trophy, man. So uh, hey. pumped, pumped about it, man. I, I got to grab it. I got to grab it. So there's there's the gear, man. Dude, there's the gear. So, so so we walked away with like 10 grand. Um, you know, contingency money would have been a little bit more. But uh, there's the points championship plaque in the back with a Mike E-step crankbait on there. I won't. We won't go down that rabbit hole quite yet. But um, yeah. So 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 you know, a clean sweep for for the Derby season. It, it was. It's a great collaboration between me and Scooter. It's uh, it's a it's a combination of power and finesse. You know, mm -hmm. I can throw junk with the rest of them, and I can throw power. But you know, I'll 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 finesse it down. Um, Funny story how we met. I'll just give everybody a little bit of background how I met Scooter. So three years ago, I was fishing uh, another region, Region 7, with a, a good buddy of mine, Brian Breesmeister of Bass Alarm Buzzbaits. You know, I've talked a lot about his buzzbaits over the years. It's the old chatterbuzz. And uh, I was down to fish the Chowan River for the first time. So I drove down Thursday night. We're supposed to practice Friday. And Brian calls me and says, dude, it's not going to happen. I got, I got to work. He works for IBM. And so I'm sitting in Carolina Thursday, and I'm like, I got no bass boat. My bass boat's in Maryland. I'm not driving six hours to get and come back to practice. So I'm like, let me see if I can find a guide. It sounds kind of weird. There's no rules against hi hiring a guide in this tournament trail. So I call three guys. You know, one doesn't call me back. The other goes, maybe I can do it. And Scooter calls me right back and says, uh, yeah, man, listen, I don't have my bass boat. I have a bay boat because my bass boat's in the shop getting repaired. Like center console t-top and i'm oh, like man. i'm like that's kind of weird but all right man i'll take a chance because i'm like i don't care i mean i just want to go fishing i don't care what we do yeah. what we go fishing for we we have literally an epic day on the water together when he first showed up and rolled into the parking lot you know i have like 17 rods and like a bunch of tackle and literally he shows me two packs of trick worms a bagley bango lure and says i might not throw this one an unnamed popper that I won't talk about because it's his deal. I throw it too, by the way, but I'll honor that. And uh, he goes, uh, let's see what happens. <laughs> and, and, and some lead heads. I'm like, no way, man. No way. And literally, true to form, he uses two rods. And uh, I'm right there with him using two rods. And we catch him. At the end of the day, it's like 110 degrees. We burn through like 20 waters, probably sitting on about a 27-pound bag. Uh, roll up to a cypress tree. I'm like, you know, F it. Uh, believe me, I was fishing heavy line the, the, most of the day. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring out a drop shot. 10-pound test. I catch like a seven and a half big fish of the day. It is. It would have it been like a 10-pound. It was so freaking long, but it was like leaned out. Heads and oh, leaned out from the summer, man. So reverse uh, belly. Yeah, so I, I stayed in touch with him. You know, I, I hired him with a client and got to know him a little bit and you know, he said, maybe we can fish a tournament or two because I was kind of knocking on his door a little bit. And so we, we started to fish together. And um, our first win was a couple years back. It was a Bojangles. And uh, he he kind of texted me on a Friday, said, man, it's not going to happen because at the time he was farming. He was like, I got a plant. And so uh, I'm like, dude, that's OK. I can practice for a Sunday tournament with my buddy Jack Rinkers fishing the PA Bass Nation. And we made it to, to the Harris chain that year, me and Jack. And uh, yeah, 19 waters to be exact. <laughs> He's watching. He's watching. So, uh, so, so, Scooter. So, I call Jack. I'm on the phone with Jack, and, and Scooter's ringing me like when I'm talking to Jack. Hey, Jack, I can come practice tomorrow on Saturday. And I go, 
hold on, Jack. Scooter's on the phone. I, I, I'm like, Scooter, what's up? He goes, man, can you still fish? I'm like, yeah, I can. I told you I only need a half hour's notice. It's like 10 o'clock at night. He lives about five and a half hours away. I get back on the phone with Jack. I'm like, Jack, what should I do, man? Scooter, Scooter can fish tomorrow. Jack goes, tell him to F off, man. Come fish with me. I'm like, no, Jack, I'm going to fish for $4,000. And so Jack was pissed at me. But I got on my car. I drove straight through the night. And, dude, we won it. We Heck won yeah. that tournament with like seven minutes. So we fished power with Scooter in the morning. And when I say power, heavier than I've ever fished with a plastic lure in my hand, not punching a mat. So this is like weird. And he is telling me to stick to it. And I'm sticking to it. With about 10 minutes to well, 30 minutes to go, we get back into the Roanoke. And uh, there's everybody had stayed in because the Albemarle Sound was super rough. So there's boats everywhere. And um, I, I start re-rigging. He's like, what are you doing, man? There's like 25 minutes left in the tournament. I'm tired of fresh leader on a drop shot. I mean, on a Ned rig. Sorry, Ned rig. Taking my time. I miss fishing the first spot. Takes me to the second spot. We go to a third spot. He goes, this has been hit 30 times. I go, no problem, man. I know what to do. So, man, with 10-pound test, I freaking slide my Ned rig in the V of this tree. And I'm just soaking it, man. I'm like, I'm doing this. And I know that Ned rig's doing this in the current. All of a sudden, tick, the line goes. Dude, all hell broke loose. This fish is under the boat, in the power poles, back through the tree into the pads. He's like, you lost. I'm like, no, man, I didn't lose it, dude. I got it. And so finally, man, she digs like three times under the tree and comes up. It's a five and change. We win by four ounces for 4,000. So that's that's my history with Scooter. We tore it up this year. Uh, we won the Bojangles, and we, we, we had a shot at winning the Collins for a boat. We were sitting in second after day one on a lake. Scooter just doesn't fish a ton, uh, but uh, uh, miraculously, we were in the hunt. Um, broke off a couple good fish, you know, had to fish light. It was a tough bluebird kind of, the, the lake was turning over. And so bites mm. were very hard to come with. The local sticks blanked. There was like only five limits day one. It was brutal. But um, yeah, we ended up in fourth place and took third place option pot. So a very good year for us, man. So it was stoked, uh, stoked to fish with him, man. So that's my tournament year in a nutshell. Had some other really good high finishes as well with Scooter. And uh, it, it was a blast, man. Really enjoyed it. Best best tournament season ever I've had. Heck yeah, that's dude. Good. That's, Damn, <laughs> that's awesome. That's how you uh, pay for all those that water things. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right, man. That's right. Did, uh, did the, uh, the Bass Lab hair jig slash shaky head make an appearance during this tournament schedule no man this is a this is a this is an original creation this winter man so just sitting around thinking about you know what can i make and so you know that's uh, i've come up with that little og shaky jig worm man you know tying it with some round rubber a little bit of crystal flash in there you know a little bit of hackle on the front and splayed out like a spider jig but uh no this has put some big fish for me in the boat last last three trips out of four this had the big bite so in different colors you know like I'll tie it in a black blue, tie it up this little crazy, uh, which I call fire crawl, man. Little hot ditty right there. Boy, that'll get some attention. You don't see, you know, oddly enough, in colder temperatures for me, these wild colors can elicit some really good strikes. There's some odd color jerk baits out there that'll do the same, right? In yeah. fact, I was uh, I was on a stream with uh, Baitman and Millican Fishing, and he showed me this wild ass jerk bait. And it looked like one side looked like that. <laughs> I mean, it had like a merthiolate color to it. And you wouldn't expect it. It's like that bandit crankbait mistake, two different colors, one on one side, one on the other. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. especially good and cold, clear water too. You wouldn't yeah. think that, would you? 
Mm-hmm. Even on, I got to do a quick shout out too to Rich Lindgren, who's actually in the chat as well as uh, oh, yeah. Bateman. I linked both their, they had podcasts with you recently. I linked those in the description. So if for some reason people don't get enough of the Epic Eric tonight, the Epic Eric experience, there's some more stuff down below people can go watch. And I'll, I'll tell you, we're running full too. circle. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one <laughs> more story. One more story about the tournament season with with Captain Scooter. So we fish all his waters. I'm not making any of the calls when we're where we're going, when we're leaving, where to go next. You know, I might have a suggestion here and there now, and he'll let me do it. Um, But uh, so we're on one of his strongest areas where we won uh, the first Bojangles together. And uh, it's a slow morning. And. He's fishing and he's, 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 he got a great top water bite. And, uh, I'm like, man, that's a great call. Good job. And he goes, he looks at me, he goes, man, not really. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I'm trying to be all positive, man. And, and so I put the fish in the live well, right? And so about the next cast, it's like a five and a half pounder. Boom. And he lands it. And I'm like, that's my bad motherfucker. And as I go and I'm fist pumping, bad motherfucker, the fish like flinches and he goes down and my fist goes boom in his oh. eye. <laughs> I, I had loaded my sunglasses for the day and it knocked the lens out. And I'm like, I'm thinking I'm getting ready for him to just cold cock me dead. <laughs> for some reason he did. And then I'm like, is that a good call now, motherfucker? <laughs> I wish. We had that on GoPro, man. That's the that would have been that would have been viral. That would have oh, that would have had millions of views, man. Literally, Team it was Carter knocks out the voter. I, I'm totally <laughs> celebrating him and that he's a bad man. And literally, at Finch, that just flinches, and you know he's holding on to it. And I connected square, dude. I couldn't believe it, man. So uh, no, he was okay. I didn't draw any blood. No shiner was uh, had, but it was a good shot. No you doubt. would have been on top of the uh, the. I don't know if you ever looked into fishing fights on YouTube. You would have been on top of that list. Oh, oh I think we would have, man. I think we would have, man. Especially, you know, after he did something great, right? Yeah. Oh man, we've had some funny. We laugh a lot. We've had... <laughs> Is that a good call and... now? Boom. Top water and punch being thrown the same 30 seconds. Greatest video ever. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable, man. So so it's been a great season, man. I've learned a ton from him. Um, it's just it, it's a great team effort. Uh, no question about it. our skills mix nicely. So it's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. I'm looking yeah. forward to 2022. So yeah, 2021. Yeah, uh, we'll have to see if he'd want to come on the show at any point. That'd be cool to talk. Because he does some striper stuff too, doesn't he? He is a saltwater stud. Uh, so stripers, uh, you know, speckled and flounder, but uh, and striper, he's incredible. Uh, but he also goes for the big red drum, man. Old drum. I'm talking some of the biggest drum in the world, like redfish, oh, like man. 40, 50, 60 pounds in shallow water. Can you Sorry, imagine? Bro. Can you imagine being on your kayak, Bailey, in like four foot of water hooking up nope. to a fish that big? You'd be going for a big ride. <laughs> That would be kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll yeah. be making a wake. <laughs> yeah, oh, you, you, you would. Oh, those those fish Bow are up. powerful, man. I've done it with him, uh, with a, with a client of mine who'd never fished before, and mm. uh, we went striper fishing, and, and we went chasing the big drum, and we both caught a giant drum. I think I got a picture oh, yeah. on my Instagram feed. It, 
They're monsters. The fish of a lifetime. Literally a fish of a lifetime. That's crazy. A lot That's of fun. It's like backwaters too, isn't it? Yeah. Well, this one's in the sound. And yes, there oh, are okay. in the backwaters for sure. But uh, some of these bigger drum, um, you know, they're in bays. Uh, but the uh, it's the Pamlico sound. And okay. Scooter, feel free to correct me, man. But it's the Pamlico sound. But it's not super backwater like you're thinking. Right. You know, I'm it's not saying they're not there. Anything. Yeah, yeah. You got okay. a lot of room to, to, to work. So they'll take you for a ride. Dude, I've seen some, and shout out to uh, Ryan Lambert. He's a, a big, a big name in the kayak industry. He does. Uh, he put out a video. They went tarpon fishing off of the beach in Florida, I believe it was. I think oh, it was Florida. Man. And they like the, these dudes are getting clocked at like three, four mile an hour, just getting dragged by these. Holy yeah, crap! Yeah. I couldn't imagine doing anything like that. But that's crazy. I did that off of a bridge in. Uh, we were in Key West, Key Biscayne. And I was at a corporate retreat down in Key Biscayne and everybody's going to South Beach to party. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm going night fishing. <laughs> so I found a bridge with a catwalk underneath and the shadow of the light. There were shrimp and bait fish flowing through. And I had um, I had my fly rod because I had hired a flats guide that week for bonefish permit and tarpon. I almost got the flats slam. Another story. But by myself under this catwalk, literally hook and tarpon that were 20, 30, 40. One sounded like a body fall in the water after he freaking jumped. I didn't land anything because you couldn't because there's nowhere to go. You know, the beach was like fenced off because it was a private beach. I was just hooking them, man. Oh, it was a it was a lot of fun, man. Throwing a Clouser minnow or yeah, it was it was a blast, man. You got the best of them. That's all that matters. You didn't got matter to me. Right. I sure did. Lost every <laughs> fly on that week, uh the saltwater flies that I had for those tarpon, but it was fun. <laughs> yeah, because I, I tied up some of the flies that I fished because you oh, know that's, that's, that's where I got my shaky head jig worm thing. I trout fish for like 10 years, so that's where oh, some wow. of the inspiration comes from creating things. I got a drop shot thing I want to I'll have to show you at some point, man. It's the everlasting gobstopper drop shotter. Interesting. Willy Wonker. Willy Wonka. Yeah, yeah. It's tied with marabou and uh a little piece of this company called Leather Jigs. He makes a little drop shot worm. And so, uh, you know, you'd never have to. I mean, you could just catch fish after fish after fish. You hmm. probably have to, you'd have to send it, though, for sure. Maybe like soak the the leather strip in gulp. Yeah, but it's a it's a pretty little saucy deal. I, I did a it, it's on my Instagram. It's called the Foxy Drop Shot. I think I, I named it that. Did it in a little candy jar and, and did, did a like little slow motion vid on it. So, yeah, these are the things I do when I'm in the winter. And going out of my mind, climbing the walls because I can't fish, dude. Seriously, man. Oh yeah, circles running upside down. Stupid stuff. Ordering shit I don't need constantly. Oh, I think we all do that. I I got it bad. I got it bad. Got it bad. Absolutely. Going out of your mind apparently is certified greatness. Looking at that shaky worm. (laughs) How was your guys' tournament season? Did you guys uh, consume trails or? I mean, crazy. Okay. No, I mean, I fished, um, fish mostly like real low. I fished all local stuff. I, COVID kind of threw me for a spin, and I belong to like a little club here, Western New York Bassmasters. We got like 15 to 20 boats every derby, which is actually really good for New York. Oh, yeah. Or like a club tournament. So it's pretty good. Um, was fortunate to take like four thirds, three seconds couldn't win a tournament to save my life in that ah. trail but um on another trail that i fished when i got a, a win and then to finish the season me and uh destined to marion 
dropped oh. 29 pounds on Lake Erie. Dude, that's crazy. <laughs> that's the, that's the, that's the you know, 30 pound bag is like what everybody's trying to do, right? Is yeah. That, have you done it outside of a turn? 29 in a tournament, stupid. Have you done it outside of a tournament? I have. Yeah. Wow. Wow. What's the best time of year to do it? Um, there's a short period in the spring that you can do it, but in the fall is definitely the time to do it, in my opinion. Really? Because in the fall, they're feeding. Feeding and, up. What, sure. and what people don't realize in the fall is the fish are developing their eggs, ah. especially those deep spawning smallmouths. So when you get those real fat ones, they actually have their eggs are ready for the spring. Okay. So that's when they're at their plumpest, most gorgeous, gorgy selves. Man, so 29-pound bag or a 30-pound bag did, in the tournament, was that a drop shot driven kind of bite for you guys, or what, were you on some other pattern? All of our fish came on a drop shot, but one was on a blade. How about that? You're talking about a blade, like a vibrating, like a Binsky yeah. kind of deal. Binsky, what exactly. It was a Binsky. No, you love the yeah. half-ounce oh, or three-quarter? Love the Binsky, yeah, half-ounce. Do you change out the hooks advice here on, on blade bait fishing? I had... The most epic carp battle of my life. I put it on my story. I think I should put it on my post. It was unbelievable. About a 30-pounder. So, anyway, I snagged him. So go ahead. Tell me about your Binsky hook. Do you change them? Yes and no. I, I think the stock ones okay. are good. But after you, catch, after you catch 30, 40, 50 fish on them, I do find them, they tend to flex a little bit. So yeah, at yeah. that point, then I'll, I'll switch them to some ST36s. Oh, wow. Nice. Nice, man. And drop shot. I don't want to ask you any secret drop shot baits, but I'll see you. You're a brand guy. I'll show you a little bit of this one. I know you saw what this is, but I won't show you the bait. You could see the title. Oh, yeah. And, oh, you it's, know, it's it? a little blurred out, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Did you did you ever fish it? And did you like it? It's got a little mint. I, I, I actually have never tried it. Yeah, I got a white one back here too. I had to bring this out for my smallmouth guys tonight. So um, I only got them in the package because I saw them and I'm like, man, what a cool. I've got a green pumpkin too. Damn, that looks good. Uh, so a cool thing <laughs> about my area is we have some creeks that dump into yeah. Lake Erie that are loaded yeah. with steelhead too. So like yeah. run rainbow trout. But in the oh, spring, wow. the mollies will run up there and spawn. And I'll go in there with like little jigs like that and just pound the piss out of them. They'll all be like three to four and a half pounds. What a blast on light tackle. That's gotta be fun, man. It is. So are you a max scent guy? No, that's what we caught him on. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're from the north, everyone's a max scent guy now. Everyone. Dude, dude. So I threw the max scent in some of my tournaments with Scooter, the general. And mm -hmm. it was ridiculous the bite ratio on the general compared to normal plastic so i'm figuring for big heads so i had bought a couple packs of like the minnow because i couldn't find the flatworm and I, I found them oddly enough on sale and i found one that looked like a sandy color it looked like a goby to me the little creamy white mm -hmm. and um dropped it with travis and he was dropping his favorite bait and i went on i didn't catch anything big in this 40 to 50 foot spot we were fishing but it was okay. not, i was not i was non Stop. I had the same experience in a Western Maryland lake. I'm throwing one of my favorite drop shot baits for smallmouth. I'm in a tournament. It's a Wednesday nighter. And my buddy had borrowed his buddy's boat who's fishing the NPFL this year, Tim. And uh, 
Justin was like, fuck it. I'm going to break out a pair, you know, a pack of his freaking flat, flat nose minnow. And I'm like, oh, let's a worm. I'm like, let's do it. And literally when he put it on, I was still fishing the regular plastic. He caught like three in a row. And I'm like, give me one of them. My first cast, my second cast, nothing big, but it was just to me, it's got to be that bait. That bait is dispersing scent to bring them to, because there's no different action. There's no different profile than other drop shot worms. I'll tell you, there's only two five inch baits of like stick worms that I own, and that's the Senko yeah. and then the Flatworm General. That's yeah. all. I not well the Max in General. That's all you need. <laughs> yeah, all right. Flatworm <laughs> General. <laughs> See where my, my mind's at. Like, hey, hey, <laughs> hey, cut it, cut it in half, and it would become a Flatworm General. That's a little tip for everybody, man. There's no question that dudes were cutting Senkos in half and getting a lot of good action out of those baits. There's a lot of that's how the half shell was born, right? Cutting a beaver in half, right? So, so yeah, don't sleep on a half of a flat, a max scent flatworm general. Right. Well, <laughs> got so many secrets out here. <laughs> I was, I was listening to a, um, I have a Bass U subscription, and I was watching a show with John Cox, and he was talking about the the general with the max scent, and he said it's, uh, it's obviously not really a color deal, but it's more of it puts off like a bait slick with that max scent. It has and it's to. Also, it's also not like a Sanka where it puts off like a shiny glimmer to it. Yeah. That max scent makes it look flat and ugly, and that's what he yeah. makes it more realistic. I agree. There's nothing sexy about it. There's no sheen. Yeah. It's like it's like taking a crankbait and throwing a Brillo pad on it, you know, and uh, and knocking down that shine to make it look look more natural, man. So fascinating. Yeah. I, I, I'm thinking there might be some like. You know how like the pop rocks, you put them in your mouth and they'd crackle. <laughs> That's what I imagine the Max Sense doing. It's dispersing a slick and it's going and the bastard go, What the fuck is that? And I gotta go swim over to it, man. And just eat that shit. It's like, oh man, I smell it. I hear it. I feel it oh. in my I feel it on my sides, man. I gotta go get it. It's just like crazy. Like I have three senses when I look at baits, right? I want to look at it, I want to feel it, and I smell it just to see what's going on. And the Isn't first the time truth? I picked up the max, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, yeah, like, it's so true. funny. Yeah. It's so it crazy. Man. <laughs> was like, good gosh. So crazy, I remember, man. I remember my first time I actually Nico rigged one, and my yeah. first cast I caught like a four and a half on it, and I was like sold. I went and bought like nine more packs. Isn't that nuts, <laughs> man? Packs, yeah. I so, mean, there, there's a case to freaking Ned rig with that too. Cut one in half and see what happens. You know, you don't have the buoyancy like you would, but if it's truly more scent driven than anything, who freaking cares? Yeah, does it matter at that point? You know? It's not like a goby sits like that on the bottom, right? No, they they so they're flat. You know, they are flat because they um don't really have an air bladder in them, so they have one option to lay flat. They can't really go up and down. Wow. Mm. Unless they're getting sucked into a small mouse. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, wow. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. Man. It was really weird, though, for at least for us up north, it was, I mean, we had obviously increased pressure like everybody else, but I think overall it was a, it was a pretty good year fishing wise. No, oh, yeah, you got it. Was a good season up north for, for numbers and yeah. size. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, like every end of August, early September, it was, absolutely horrible but i mean it's beyond those two three weeks it's that's pretty good fishing up here pretty spoiled right but yeah it was some some good some good finishes some good events but obviously just a, overall fish catching wise though it was a really good year up here nice man nice yeah i did yeah. some i did some fun fishing trips and had some really really great outings man 
Um, oh, yeah. And, yeah, I love it because you know tournament time. You're you know you're gearing up the night before. You're putting you're pouring your body into it. You know you're coming home after the derby, uh, but just going out where there's just like no pressure and you could just chill and think. You know and 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 kind of expand right because you know in a tournament situation <clears throat> you're kind of going to your go to things. So mm -hmm. it's nice to get out and just experiment when there's nothing on the line. You can break some lures out of your box that, you know, you've been wanting to try. I always take a little test box out, and that's when I start doing things like that. So Heck, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was bored with COVID. I mean, obviously, um, Andy and I always joke about this. It's a it's a thank you but hate you COVID type of year where it's like we got the time to go out and fish, and I spent a ridiculous amount of time this year, maybe too many, too much time this year on the water than yeah. I should. But uh, it, was, it was I think good. you spent four weeks straight on the prime – a uh, prestige Finger Lake at this point. Oh I wow! He's visited every couple of years. Like as soon as ice was out, he was there for like ever. I feel like man, those <laughs> are beautiful. Really picked up. That's probably beautiful. Right. Beautiful lakes up there. Yeah, yeah. But r r totally random question because yeah, Andy, who who are we talking about this with? I'm trying to remember. We were talking about is a stealth blade even worth picking up with the whole you know clear blade. I take it you're not a believer as well. Well, you know, so years ago, there was a clear bladed chatterbait that I fished prior to the stealth coming out. And, um, you know, I probably didn't give it its due, uh, but I but I tied up, if I have it here, I thought I did. Might be so one of those JD ones, like a depth. Yeah. No, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Nori's. Mm. That was my second guess. <laughs> yeah, it's a Norris, and so I took uh, I took uh, a zonker strip and took the skirt completely off, and then wrapped the zonker strip up the shank, and then put a, a zonker strip on the back like a magnum. And that then thing had to like the the action. <laughs> I did a little video on it on my Insta. I did fish it. I did fish it in New York. And I don't think I was dialed in to how they they wanted it. I, I cut it down because I made it long because I was going to throw it for for largemouth. I've done the same with regular chatter baits. I'm um, just taking the complete skirt off, and it's just a fur and feather deal. And the action on some of those baits, I mean, there's nothing like marabou in the water. Nothing. There's no fiber like it. Uh, there's there's nothing like rabbit or zonker or crosscut. You know, it's just it's ridiculous. And you put it on a chatter bait, and literally it comes alive. So. I liked, um, I, I wasn't in love with the first clear one I fished and I bought a stealth blade and I'm like, I don't like it. There, there's another finesse chatterbait. Oh, what's it's, and it's a, um, it's a bladed one, a metal blade. And, and I, I didn't feel like it's, that's, it defeats the whole purpose. You know what I mean? I think it defeats the whole purpose. It, chatterbait is a vibrating jig. So what I'm going to catch him because it doesn't have flash, just use a black blade, right? It's not doing what I think it needs to do, and it doesn't have the kind of action that I want. And so maybe I haven't given enough of, of, of a chance. Like if I'm sitting on the flats, on the Susquehanna flats, and there's a 40-boat field within right. sight of each other, it might be a player, right? So, you know, after the fish have gotten shit kicked out of them, it gives them a little more subtle. So I haven't had enough time with it to say, but it just it runs counter to what my brain is thinking when I'm fishing a vibrating bait. I mean, it's like it'd be like a little tight rattling rattle trap. Are they going to eat that more than or less than, you know, I mean, the hardest thumping, you know, rattle trap ever made in my book was the man's pogo shad, right? This thing is 
crazy wide wobbling. And this does get bites when other tighter lipless vibrations won't, right? So, mm -hmm. it's, you know, depth, speed, vibration, you know, profile, all those things matter. So that's what's going through my head. So I did buy a couple. I threw them. I probably didn't give it to. So <laughs> let's see if somebody no. wins on it. True. I, I, the only I feel like they would have already. I, me too. Me too. Because you can't hide anything anymore on live, right? No. I mean, nobody won with one. You know? Did anybody throw one? Pounder and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's kind of like... Um, it's like a scrounger. You mm. know what I mean? If I'm if I'm looking for something finesse, I probably throw a scrounger over that. You know? The scrounger's yeah. gonna have more thumb. Yeah, like a yeah, well, true, true, true. You know, like a, one of those big hog farmer scroungers with the big hackle coming off the back, you know, big bait profile. Right. You know, a little more subtle, a little more natural. It's not it doesn't have that clacking on the head, you know. But is the stealth still clacking on the head? I've never thrown one, which is why I'm curious. To me, I mean, I think the blade, I know the blade on the Nori's clacked on the head. So to me, it's like you're just not getting the flash. But then again, I mean, I think that's what the black blade's for, right? Or a painted blade. Yeah, yeah sure. Right. Sure. Exactly. Anyway. There are stickers for them now, too, which is I'm super curious about. I need, I've been looking around trying to find where I can get stickers. Yeah. Lucky Craft used to make the best sticker ever, man. Um, but there's yeah go to lure parts online they have chatterbait blade stickers you can cut them to shape and size yeah yeah they've got green they've got red you can paint it too if you, if you want to get really crazy you can break out some sally hansen nail polish and just throw it <laughs> on the blade hit it with a hair dryer it's not going to last the sticker's going right. to last way longer right but, um yeah yeah you well you can that. put the sally hansen on there then hit it with the hair dryer then clear it with a little bit of hardener yeah. Absolutely. Sally Hansen, hard as nails, man. I know all about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I paint shit in the winter in the basement for sure. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. I can't yeah. not do it. <laughs> We're getting a lot of different crankbait questions in. Uh, I'm looking back through all the other old comments. Before we, I start feeding you a bunch of uh, viewer questions, sure. uh, one thing I'm really curious about, because everyone knows you as the crankbait king. Yep. Uh, and one thing in my mind, and I, I've seen, I've watched different. Actually, back you pulled up with a Mark Menendez episode because I'm I'm curious because I'm trying to get the grasp on it when to divert to a flat sided versus a regular or a fat crankbait. Yeah, when, when is that biggest time you need to know you need to switch? Yeah, yeah, I think I think like in the low fifties to under fifty, I, I think I'd I'd probably throw a flat side. Not to say that they won't eat a 1.5 round bait that's got a harder thump. And I think that's a little bit of a, uh, uh, you know, you know, it's a myth that they'll only eat a flat side when it's cold. Not true, man. They'll eat a flat side all year long if you keep it in your hand, right? right? Yeah, absolutely. So for ultra cold water, if you're not throwing, you know, a number six or a number five shad wrap, you're missing the boat. And you can upsize the hooks to make it suspend, you can add golf tape. Get, get yourself some golf lead tape. If I can get that Lucky Craft off this thing. Because um, the suspend strips don't stick for some reason, man. The glue is not good. But the lead tape, the strip tape right here, you know, I've opened the pack and, and used a little bit. But, um, yeah, you just you can put it on the throat. The other thing that I do, because I am a fly tire and I like the tail weight, uh, any flat side that I throw generally, right? Because they tend to want to tumble. 
like this is a tumbly bait. It's mm -hmm. potato chippy, right? It's gonna it's gonna sing a little bit on you. But I'll I'll throw a couple wraps of lead fly tying wire around the back. You know what I mean? You you put a mm -hmm. I, I could show you how to do it, but it's pretty easy. You can figure it out. Um, but right. that'll that'll tail weight the bait and it'll cast. You can really get it going far. But uh, number six or number five in cold water, and arguably that's probably one of the best colors ever made if they're keyed in on crawfish or any type of their shad colors. It's it's really hard to beat, man, in ultra cold water. I think it's one of the best ever made. Heck yeah. Yeah. yeah now, so what's your ahead. route setup for some, for throwing something like that? So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw the number five and number six. I got a a, a G Loomis um fiberglass graphite blend, the old, you know, um mahogany series, the CBR. And when they used Sweet to rod. sell, yeah, man, when they it's my favorite cranking rod ever made. I wish they would come back with it but they 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 haven't uh when they were selling direct to rod builders you could get g loomis blanks they weren't the same color so they had a closeout and i bought two blanks and i had a custom rod builder made me one for my spinning rod and uh my biggest in a tournament on a flat side that i had throat weighted i throat weight my flat sides too for ultra cold water because you know when when the baits you you want you want it to suspend right so when I'm worming a crankbait in ultra cold water or colder water and I hit a rock, you know, a lot of balsa baits will back out. And when it's warmer, that'll trigger the bite. But if I hit that rock and that bait just stays there or maybe slowly sinks, that's going to trigger bite. It's in their face. And mm -hmm. then you're pulling it, you know, so you're pulling and reeling, you're pulling and reeling to feel what the bottom contour is instead of a steady reel. So I'll mix up the retrieves. I'll worm it. I'll pull it, you know, and, and then I'll steady, slow retrieve it to see what what, what action they want. But um, yeah, man, Shad Wrap Ultra Cold Water number six or number five. This is this is the number seven, um, and you know you got the big boy, the number eight. But the Shad patterns, but that's old school, man. I think it's probably an Ireland date, probably. Yeah, that 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 old crawfish color, man. It's, um, and you see how it's faded, you know. Their beauty. You can always tell by the yellowish lip on it too. Yeah, absolutely. The age absolutely. of the Rapala, Yeah. Yeah, so lots of ways to weight these. Upsize the hooks, put a little lead strip there, throw a little lead wire on the tail, and you've got yourself a money bait. And you got to you, you you can test them while you're on the water. You know what I mean? So going up on hook size is a, is, a, is a good deal. There's a lot of videos out there on how to weight it. I can tell you a great one. Um, I did a I did a vid with Travis, and I showed how I would tail weight the the flat sides. Yep, you could throw a little Sally Hansen on some of the shad-colored ones. I remember I was out on the Potomac with Captain Steve Chaconis. Sells his boat in the fall every year. Water was in probably the high 40s. Um, a lot of shad present. There's these little small bay anchovies get get thick in the Potomac and Upper Bay. And uh, that number five, I had thrown a little line of like uh, rainbow sparkle Sally Hansen down the side to make it look just like a Bay anchovy. Hmm. It would, I, I literally, he, he dug, I only had one. I only had one. Cause I'm, a, you know, I only had one and uh, I'm like, dude, I got nothing. We tried to match crankbait after crankbait. And that was the only thing those fish would eat. Huh. Yeah. It's crazy, man. They get that yeah. tuned into a bait sometimes. I know that sounds stupid, but no, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. Yep. Yeah, so flat sides in colder water below 50 in my book. Um, ultra cold water, I'm going to the shad wrap. Makes yep. sense. Yeah, okay. man. I definitely dumbs it down for somebody like me. There you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs>
We have a question from Chris Birch. And yeah. It's, uh, it's actually something I was going to ask you too. So Chris is stealing my question. But uh, your most prized lure or collector, one that's one that I'm assuming by him saying fishable one, one that you'd actually throw. Oh. Wow. That's a good one, man. Are we talking crankbait or any lure? I think any. I think he's talking any, but I guess it's uh, up to you what, what route you want to take that one. See, I'm such a junkhead, man. It's hard for me to say. I could go through like, okay, in the vibrating jig category, it's not a jackhammer. You know, it's that JDM one I probably talked about before on too many streams. Um, <laughs> had a really cool experience. It's a hunting chatterbait. Um, I would say, you know, man, oh, man. I was going to ask you the same question, but in terms of balls. Man. Oh, wow. That's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing me, man. Oh my god, I have to I go in my drawer. Man, all right. I'll give some people like I'll give some people like 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 baits that you could still get. Probably like, like a WEC. Yeah, I mean oh well. Before, 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 I can't show that. My, my boy scooter, I wouldn't throw this, but this is one of my prized possessions. The baby pig by Ronnie B. So that's probably one of my, one of my prized possessions. That's why it stays in the desk. What do those baby pigs go for now? I, I've seen them go for like 235. Oh, yeah. Right on that arc, it's like two, 230 to like 350 for a lot of those like, Baby yeah. pigs, yeah, crazy. yeah, yeah, uh, definitely, man. Uh, a couple hundred dollars. So you know, uh, uh, for for out of out of the ordinary lures, like in the lipless category, the pogo shad. Still, you could still buy them. They're hard to get. I'll show you one that'll make you cry. This was painted by my buddy Tacklecraft, TK Stanley, over at Tacklecraft. Man, look at that dude. Look at this fire crawl color, dude. Are you kidding me? Purple. How ridiculous is that? And one, this is one of my favorite colorways ever for colder water. Ozark Shad in the Bomber family. And they discontinued the color. And, you know, if you've got a, a cold water deal going on, this Ozark Shad, and he recreated it for me. But that's the Pogo Shad and Ozark Shad. I mean, are you kidding me? That's sweet. Isn't that hot? It's like an yeah. olive drab Tennessee Shad. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And it's got some purple lesson going. You know, you can never really appreciate it until you see it. Yeah. But really what makes this cool is that when you're when you're working this bait, if you if you rip it and then stop it, this tail makes it corkscrew down like a dying shad. So the secondary action is what makes this bait special in my book. So um he did be I've got some really special wiggle warts and see I haven't thrown a, I haven't shown you a wood bait yet, right? So I'm I'm trying to like stick with some plastic stuff. So this is another crawl in, in an OG wiggle work painted by TK. Um yeah, he does beautiful work. Tackle craft, man. Oh, yeah. yeah, I've had some I've had some great days. You know, uh wiggle warts are not just for the Ozarks, like the Ozarks and areas like that. They eat them everywhere, by the way. Um very certain situations. Spooky, <laughs> 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 yeah yeah time and place for anything that's right that's right so you know th those are some of my favorite and of course 
you know, I, I'm going to do a post on this, but the uh, another unicorn bait is the the cold water flat A man, and um, this is the recreation of the OG up top. They made the colors a little hotter in this one. I, I tend to prefer the, the 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 faded out one. So that's that's the that's the hard to impossible find original sun perch on top. Sun perch, yeah. Yep. Yeah, Scott Klein invited all of us to go speckled trout and cobia fishing. Oh my gosh, how about that? Cobia sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, in the balsa category, man, I'm a big fan of of a lot of makers. You know, uh, on my mind right now because I'm working with them on a bait collaboration is Marty Burns, uh, the Big M, and uh, me and uh, uh, the Big M and TK Stanley at Tackle Craft are going to be bringing. Um, a very unique bait to market, hopefully, um, and it's going to be uh, for for cover cranking. So, this is a this is a I can't show the bait, but you can see the epic E on there, right? Yeah, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so anyway, oh yeah, okay. So I hear the rattle. Do you have you seen like the Edders balsa cranks? I have. Jimmy Edders is a great bait maker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, he put in a transfer system mm-hmm. into his sulfur baits to help it cast farther. That's pretty hot, man. That's pretty hot. Yeah, some of those smaller flat sides, if they could figure that out, that I'd like to test one of those. I haven't yet with Jimmy, but uh, he sent me a couple um, a couple baits to try. I can't wait to get them out this spring. So kind of missed that spring bite last year, and uh, my tournament season started later. But this year it's going to start in March, so. Those are all going to be coming into play, man. Looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah. I had a friend that asked me to ask you tonight uh, what your favorite uh, balsa builder would be. Like if you had to pick a couple of your favorites. So a couple a couple comments on that, right? So there are guys that hand make and hand carve baits, right? And, you know, I, I'd have to say Big M for the hand carve by hand right right there's just not many people doing that and then there's the guys and there's no shame in this game to use the replicator right you know cnc machine they've got a uh, a master and and they're just pumping out the baits so um very different builds there right so I, i'd say from from a totally handmade bait because there's only a handful of guys doing that anymore uh it'd be big m um zoom in the in the in the replicator game, Ed Chambers, you know, God rest his soul, uh, would have been one of one of my top, right? Heck yeah, yeah, yes sir, yes sir. Brendan Andrews asks if you're going to pick up some of the new Uncle Josh's pork. You know, maybe I got some a lot of old pork that I got to fish through first, um, but you know, it really depends. If anybody that's watching tonight has gotten a new you know jar the only question that matters is is it soft you know are the colors good and is it soft right because if it's if it's i got some bad jars in the mix right everybody everybody bought a stiff you know jar of uncle josh right but when you got some supple stuff it was the right stuff right Uh, yeah oh yeah and there's no way to tenderize it i think people have been through like you know you, you google how do you how do you make a pork, you know, frog more tender? I don't know if there's a way to do it, man. 
I don't think there is. Tenderizer and just start pounding on it. <laughs> My buddy Steve Chaconis, you know, that I take fishing to the fall when he sells his boat, man, he said he tried everything. Couldn't, couldn't do it. Everything. Plastic wrapping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So if anybody knows, man, post up right now. Yeah. See, do you, I don't even know. Do you have any Mass experience with that? magnet crank and crawl. Yeah, it's this funny. Uh, it, it's a it's a plastic it's a plastic bait and um, really sleek design. Uh, I have a few, but I've never thrown it. Uh, it was one of those where I only had a handful, and I, I'm thinking to myself, it's a very unique bait. Uh, it probably was in my tackle box at one point, but I stuck with the more traditional, you know, cross. Very cool looking bait, by the way. Interesting. I've I've never heard of it. <laughs> Jamie Newton said he's pounded numerous chunks of pork in your day. Well, Jamie, did it work? <laughs> <laughs> that is the question. <laughs> How did you get it to work if you did? <laughs> That's what I want to know, man. Are you are, are you guys fans of like uh, the wobble head, like free swing and weight? Kind of yeah. Do you love the swing head? Do you, have you ever seen any finesse ones before, like eighth ounce? Not with, really. really. With a hook. Yeah. I, I had to go to Eastern Europe to uh, get some inspiration to find this stuff, man. So, yeah, this is kind of a cool. This has kind of got like a wedge head for grass. Eighth ounce right there. Mm. And it's got, I like the bite on this hook. It is a gamakatsu, by the way, because my beef with a lot of the EWG gamakatsus is, you know, if you look at the, the, where you, the line tie and the hook point, they're almost in line with each other. But this mm -hmm. one's got a nice gap, man. It's got a nice gap. It's got a nice gap. So I'm going to put these in the game this year and see what happens in finesse situations. I'm pretty stoked about them. Yeah. Yeah. I do like, it a, kind of like, a, like a slider head on that almost. It, it is, but it's free swinging. It is a slider head shape. Absolutely. But free swinging, man. Can That's you see cool. that? It's free swinging. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty stoked. I can just think of a couple baits that you could put on that that would just be dynamite. Right, right. You know, scattered grass. I mean, that would just slide through so nice, man. I mean, a Maxent General would do all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Heck yeah, man. Anything Maxent. Mm -hmm. No See, doubt about it. Brendan Andrews asking your your favorite big uh, soft plastic swim bait. Hmm. Man, are we talking? Are we talking open hook? Or are we talking weedless? I think he just left it general. So whatever okay. your favorite I'd, 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 is. I'd say the Magdraft freestyle. Yeah, it doesn't really get much better than that for for number of bites. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you're getting some some big swim bait questions. Have you been dabbling in big swim baits this past year, man? Man, I dabbled for. I've dabbled in everything, dude. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I did. I did a little swim bait fishing last year in Alabama with uh, Travis at Smallmouth Crush. Um, we were at this place, uh, Piero Ranch, and uh, was pre-spawn. There were a couple fish on the beds, and uh, he had an epic frog day day one. And then uh, day two, it was high sun, a little little ripple on the water. I saw some cruisers. A lot of buck bass had moved up, and um, I put on my Gancraft. You know, 230 Magnum, yeah. Joint and Claw, Slow, slow Sinking, and, and Chartreuse Shad. It's Reservoir Shad. It's Big Bait Bailey, special color. And yeah. um, 
man, it was, uh, I, I tossed it and led a couple of fish that were cruising and literally turned every single one of them. It's almost like they'd never seen a big bait before in this, you know, and might not have, I don't know. But anyway, so I noticed the larger fish were on the drop, like in six to eight, you know, right off the drop. So the big females were hanging back. The bucks had moved up. There were a few spawners and um, made a parallel cast. Travis gave me the front of the boat. He's kind of yapping on the cell phone at that point. And, uh, you know, I was just doing a regular, regular steady retrieve. She's gliding. Nice, man. I can kind of see it. And then I did a little couple hitches real quick and, and made it zip. And literally right after I made it zip the pause, I saw the big flash and boom, I could feel it. You know, I, I sweep set and it was like a six pounder. So that, that's the first big bait fish I caught on camera. That was that's a cool awesome. experience. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. It was down at the big bass tour events uh, with uh, Austin Neary from Dreamcatchers Fishing. He's a kid that grew up the street from me. Uh, he was a college fisherman. Uh, actually started out as a baseball scholarship kid down in Western Carolina. Got hurt uh, both both uh, his freshman and sophomore year. They yanked his scholarship. So, yeah, man, he got into the big baits. And um, so we we did uh, the Smith Mountain one. And that's who turned me on to the, the gang craft, man. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pat Renwick's on from Straight Cast. <laughs> That's too funny. <laughs> you know I did, man. You know what goes down on the bass lab down here, bro. All sorts of craziness. <laughs> he knows me. Uh, he goes mad in the off season. <laughs> uh, oh, for sure, for sure. It's like lure sure. heaven behind Eric's shoulders, there. Oh know? man, it's so good much juiciness. The thing I people crazy if your camera was like the uh, the blur background camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've had fun fishing a rat. I, I fished some big, big rats with Austin in another big bass tour event on Norman. And yeah. then a buddy of mine who was one of my first tournament partners, I go in, he's out of work right now. He's a great woodworker. Um, and he, he's moved to South Carolina near Myrtle beach. He's setting up his wood shop. And uh, I gave him like four of my favorite rats, including the Nazuma rat, a couple custom rats. And I, and I gave him elements of what I wanted in a rat. And I wanted a, a, a small rat for tournament fish, uh, you know, specifically for cruisers down, you know, in the Carolinas on some of the clear water lakes we fish after they spawn. They wolf pack on those lakes, uh, especially when the bluegill are spawning. And so uh, I said, you know, give me X, Y and Z. He nailed it. So he gave me a prototype, which is not this one. And uh, he brought it to me. We go down to the pond that I grew up on. It's a farm pond still here. There's a lot of houses around it now. It gets fished constantly, so there's a lot of pressure. It, the biggest fish, maybe this pond's under an acre. Biggest fish might be five or six pounds, and I've seen them eat bluegill before, and I've okay. caught them. Um, I don't know if it's the same fish, but anyway, um, take it down, doing a swim test, and I, and I had it coming by this little house of milfoil, you know, three little stalks of milfoil are in this pond, and other grass, too. Uh, but right. there is some milfoil that is in there. So anyway, stop it and engage the reel, and literally the fish just cracks it, and it's 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 a big. So the, on on a little iPhone, and he did a shitty job of like filming it, but we got it on camera, which was pretty cool. Took a second prototype, which was this one, to another pond, and uh, caught another good like three and a half pounder, and then caught caught a bass with Scooter Lily on this exact rat right here. So yeah, it's got a it's got a nice rattle in. You can hear that, and it's got mm -hmm. uh, some some clackers out, and uh, you know it's got got yeah. So it's it, I can crank these rats down as well as waking wake them. Mm -hmm. 
So the original one, I've caught uh, actually a bass subsurface. My wife and my daughter came to visit me at that same pond, and I was testing three rats at that point. And I was doing a crank down test to show them how the rats swim underwater. And uh, I like, I like, I was burning the rat. I stopped it and then I popped it. And when I popped it, I caught like a two and a half pounder. That was pretty cool. So yeah, rats are not just for waking. You can catch a lot of fish subsurface with them too. I feel like the drag on it when you crank it down has to be it's, so like tedious and it's tiring not, on the arm. <laughs> it's not it's not as bad as you think because this is not this is made out of wood. These are not if this was a composite rat, uh, yeah, it'd be a lot heavier. But this is this is incredibly light for, for what you'd think. Because you know, a lot of guys are pouring them out of certain resins. These are handmade wood baits. So, yeah, so I'm trying to work on a collaboration with him this year, too, uh, to bring a tournament-style rat to, to to bear. So we'll That's see. Yeah. yeah. Waking, a, waking a rat around, like, shallow wood is a, is a lot of fun. It's so awesome. When they oh. hit it, they just want to destroy it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's crazy. It's it's a really cool way to catch them. Yeah. Tim, Tim, you're right, man. Rats uh, rats down the Carolina, man. They eat it in Maryland, too. I think they just it's instinctive to those fish, right? Especially if they wolf pack. I don't think they wolf pack. Uh, you, you really can't see them on my rivers wolf packing. I don't know if they do that on the Potomac or Upper Bay, oddly enough. I, have no idea. I know they do. I know they do it in Western Maryland at Deep Creek. I know they do it in the Carolinas for sure. I've seen those wolf packs. So. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fishing has an interesting question, too. Talking yeah. about asking your favorite tidal water bait, which I think is an interesting question. Mm. So I don't think I've ever heard that I, like picked out. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, because it's a grass fishery, you know, I, I mean, certainly the chatterbait has just been dominating everywhere. Right. So you'd have to throw the chatterbait in there at the right time of the year. Um, you know, there's some super specialized shallow water crankbaits that if you don't have in your box, I mean, I think you're missing out a minus one, a man's baby minus one and the original one. Um, and I was going to say probably the old school ones from like this is a story about one of the baits that they wrecked i mean there are many manufacturers that'll do things to a very popular bait they'll they'll change manufacturers they'll change, change and the manufacturer the they'll change the plastic this particular bait got sent to china and it became bigger and again story with captain steve he's like man i can't get my minus ones to swim right because he's sponsored by mans and he gets baits every year and I'm like, dude, take them out of your box. So we're comparing OG to the new. And I'm like, dude, it's a different bait. The lip was bigger. The body was bigger. So you didn't have that hard, thumping, wobbling action, you know? So on the back uh, or on the sides, this is how you tell a baby minus one. It'll say baby minus one on the side here. And it'll be stamped man's on the other side of the tail. So that's, that's an OG. You know, it's just got... The plastic's a little denser in some of the older baits. There's a lot of new great baits out, man. So who knows with the new hybrid hunter? I mean, Todd Castledine's been pumping that thing nonstop. Six Sense has got their version of it out. Is it the same bait? Is it a different bait? Uh, apparently, Strike King bought the rights or the molds to the manufacturer for the old hybrid hunter, Strike Pro. <clears throat> but it seems like it makes sense to me. So I fish grass. I'm going to have some hybrid hunters in the boat. I will report back. I mean, a trap. Holy shit. If you're not throwing a trap in the spring, you know, chatterbait trap, 
I think the spinner bait for sure, man. Yeah. Forget about it. But it's still it's still a player. And then you know you go through all the top waters crankbaits. I mean, God, my favorite lure. Dang, that's hard, man. I mean, if you're hanging around grass, you want to catch a fish, throw a back scent general. Especially if you're in the back of the boat. <laughs> you go, you want to get your limit, drag that around for sure. There you go. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm Pat just Ray curious Ray. real fast. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You can do Pat's comment first. <laughs> just Pat uh, commented, "Where the f is my RC 3.5?" <laughs> he. Oh well, uh, you know, I hate to throw. I mean, I, you don't want me to show everybody your secrets, do you? Yeah, man. I don't. Well, yeah. Bigger, bigger. I'm just gonna leave it at this. Bigger baits, in my experience, get bigger bites. Bigger baits get bigger bites. Yeah. Go ahead, Andy. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a big fan of the BDS series. I'm a big fan of the bigger RC series. Um, You know, 1.5s for numbers and bites, bigger baits, catch bigger fish, generally. One plus one is two. I mean, another lure you can go with two here in instances of jerkbait world in the original Smithwick suspending rattling robes compared to the new ones. Oh, my gosh, right? I mean, the old KVD signature series mark menendez signature series that kvd signature series suspending rogue i i caught my only double in a tournament on a baton with nobody around to see it i'm like is anybody watching this i'd hooked up the first fish i was in a a creek and it had literally a power line concrete metal wall structure so it could cross the creek and if mm-hmm. anybody's listening that fishes the Potomac, you probably know where I was at this point. <laughs> anyway, so, you know, there's a little ditch where they dug it out to make this post for this this power line. And, man, you know, I, I can actually see it happen because in this creek, it's super clear water. Anyway, boom, the first fish hits it and the other one's trying to eat it out of its mouth. And I've never, I mean, you just don't see that on my rivers because you generally don't have the clarity to watch that happen. And I saw it all go down. They weren't huge, but they were like two, two and a half. So it was kind of cool, man. So yeah, that that was nice. That was fun. Yeah. I love that bait. Something about them, man. Was it the bill? Was it the plastic? Was it the way it was manufactured? But why do they have to ruin shit all the time? One of the biggest things I noticed that kind of, I think, destroyed the action on it is if you ever take one of the new ones out of the pack you'll see that the um i can't even think what they're called like the hangers in the bottom that you connect your swivels to in the hooks yeah they'll, they'll almost be twisted yep they're yeah. all over the place i'm like oh the quality control is terrible it's you can't true. even tune that if nothing's straight in the line you can't tune it very but true and that and jamie old. newton no, no it wasn't quantico but good guess think farther north He's a buddy of mine, so I don't mind telling him. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I mean, like you know, I had this debate with uh, with other people. You know, look, the new Lucky Craft one point five absolutely catch them. It just feels different to me. I, I know some of the things that have changed. It's less pain on the body. Uh, lead ball versus tungsten. Uh, the quality control when they were made in Japan just was second to none. They were perfect. They were perfection. And so generally you're going to get a better running bait, but that's maybe why they cost that much. I don't know if it ever costs that much, but you get the concept, you know, 699 to 1999. Is it the same bait? Maybe 
It doesn't feel the same to me, but they definitely catch him. I mean, talk, talk shit. Didn't he win on a new one, right? The T, yeah, T, yeah TKO, right? Yep. Now, how many uh, old vixens do you have? Reaction innovation. I, I, I was just looking at one today. I got a couple. <laughs> I, I, think, I think this is one in the pack. I don't know, man. Maybe I just got the pack and stuck one in. I think we're just going into like big costing bait money right now. There it is. Boom. Baby bass. What would Those that are, go for? Oh, I'm not even sure. I know like oh. the average price on eBay is like a hundred to 130. I think last time God, I checked. Crazy. This will this you guys will like this for all the Lucky Craft fans. I can't believe I hung on to this, man. Normally, I would have taken this out of the box and broke right into him. This is a full, this is the Rick Clun signature series special kit with special run colors, man. That's awesome. That's pro shops intact. You got the 1.5. You got one that's a deep rattle sound. Uh, you got a 2.5 and you got the 1.5 deep, deep diver, the 3.5. There you go. Patrick. That's for you, man. If you're still watching and special run colors and you got one of those crazy little wakers. Yeah. Pretty cool. Huh? Damn. I, I, I can't believe I didn't open it. Why wouldn't I open this? Normally you just, you just knew. Uh, no, I didn't know, man. No, who knew? Because if we knew, we would have loaded up. Although I did when they went on sale, I bought every one they had at Bass Pro Shops. Literally went in and just started grabbing them racks. Because I think at that point, I figured out it was a badass freaking crankbait. <laughs> yeah, I still got I still got a ton in the boxes back in the depths. Yeah, depths. Chris Birch had a has a question here for us, Andy. He mentioned uh, the bigger bait, bigger fish. And he was asking us if he thinks that applies up north for smallmouth. I think mm. it can, but it, it, I think in very minute situations it could. Yeah, it's very situational based. Yeah. And there are times that I will throw a bigger bait just to see if I can get a bigger bite. And I usually do, but it's a one-off. So right. here's the question for you. You know, like, who was it that won on one of the northern bodies? Can't remember if it was an elite, but drop shotting. A fluke instead of a smaller drop shot bait for the Clair, they do that. Uh, Widler, yeah. So is that a Saint Clair specific thing, or is that any northern body? If you stuck with it in your hand and it was max scent, and you did the regular size fluke, would you generally get a bigger bite? I I think you could. I, I don't know. For for me, when it comes, I guess at least when it comes to smallmouth. For me, if I'm gonna upsize, it's more of I got a solid bag going. I only I want to, you know, take every possible chance of catching a squeaker and try yeah. to, like minimize that. So I'm gonna go to a bigger bait to try to get one last big bite that's really gonna solidify the bag. But I don't know, Andy. What do, what do you think, man? Master Captain on Lake Erie. It's situational. So in Lake Erie alone, right? We have smelt. We have. In my part of Lake Erie that I know of, we have smelt, we have perch, mm. we have emerald shiners, we have gizzard shed, and alewives. Oh, wow. So whatever is in, I I think I, without giving out too much information here, <laughs> uh, so it, it, it's all situational based because I do sure. have some of those bigger baits, but it's, I need to know what I'm looking at. I need right. to know what baby fish is around before I go and do it. Right, right. So 
it's it's extremely situational. Yeah, Darius says St. Clair use a dream shot magnum. I'm gonna show up one of those uh um this is the Beast Coast little hustler. Oh, Man. And oh baby, it's a marabou. Ooh. Little spider jig side. <laughs> oh my gosh. Man, you throw a little max scent on the back of that. Ah, why do they have a crawl trailer out at this point? Max scent. I think all they have is a, a creature they hog. Oh yeah. yeah, the old creature hog. So I took a creature hog, Max scent. And have you ever heard of this bait, Andrew? It seems like you know a little bit about JDM. So I'll ask you. Oh, he does. It's it's the Garage Craft Shaky Chatter. I'll go get one for you because right. I I hooked an mm -hmm. absolute giant with Travis on day one, and I've never been this cold in my entire life. Actually, I don't um, know much. About that one on Ontario. Let me go get one, and then on day two up on the St. Lawrence, I caught the big fish of the trip on that shaky chatter. I was, I was pumping it, I was slow rolling it, but I talked to Will at Gajo Bates, who was on the boat with us, and I'm like, dude, I got to dial into this bait. I know it's going to get a big bite, and he goes, dude, try dragging it and stopping it, drag it and stop it, drag it and stop it. And when I did that, it didn't take long. It was like. Ow! Let me go get the bait because I did. I took a max scent, um, the the hog. What is it? Because they right. made it a regular Berkey power bait. I used to fish that all the time, creature hog, and right. I cut off some of the tentacles and cut it like I don't know, maybe a third of the way down, and um, two big bites in two days. Literally, it was crazy. Let me go get it because I want to show you this. I think you'd like it. Garage craft. That's interesting. I've never heard. I've never even heard of that. Dude. They make some ridiculous stuff in Japan. <laughs> My thing is like, how do how do people keep up with this? Like, how do you know information? Is it something you're just browsing the JDM section of Tackle Warehouse every single day? No, I I actually do none of my JDM shopping on Tackle Warehouse. Zero of it. Neither do I. No, I don't because <laughs> no. Look, collection is about this. Yeah. Big. Yeah. No, dude. You 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 know. Here's the thing, man. It's like. What am I going to do in the winter when there's nothing to do? So I spend my time researching and, you know, reading articles, trying to pay attention, have an idea, looking for something. So this is uh, so this is the package. I'm going to take it out of the pack for you because I want to be throwing it again. Shaky chatter garage crap. So let me show you the bait. So they obviously do things in grams. This is five grams, which I think is what, like a maybe a quarter of an ounce? Yeah, I want to say it's just under a quarter, I believe. Just under a quarter. So look at this little ditty. Look how sexy this little bait is, man. What the fuck? It's a, oh, little, it's a, little, it's a little chatter bait with a football head, too. Looks like those crappy chatter baits that Zena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. throw that on like eight pound test. That's what I did. Yeah. I threw it on a spinning rod. It's got a it's got a light wire hook, right? And so it not the best keeper. It's kind of like um, you know, it's got some ribs on it, but it does have a weed guard, two little strands. It's kind of a medium, medium, so it would keep you out of a little bit of a trouble. But uh yeah, it's just a it's a really little tight vibration. And so, you know, I was kind of I was pulsing it, but hopping it. I was like hopping it because it was colder water that we were fishing. Not the right thing. But as soon as I started dragging this with that little Maxent creature hog on the back, cut down, it was instant. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. The, the, the fish in Ontario that pulled off was, a, I, don't, I don't even know. 
giant. Yeah. It was cool. Oh, it's Weird. funny too when you get those big old smallies, their mouth, like that tissue around their mouth is so, so hard. It really, really is. Yeah, you know, I probably that was it, man, because I, I couldn't feel my hands at that point. I was done at about one o'clock. It was so freaking cold. Freaky to the north. Freaky story, Andrew and and Bailey. You will flip out. So that's another good one. They have a katsu one. Man, that's uh, that's the one I would. <laughs> that's I'll, a neat one. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, a neat one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that one right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I I hand tied the skirt on that one. Anyway, um, so fishing in that fishing max scent, 40, 50 feet. It's probably the deepest I've ever drop shot in my life. I'm not a drop shotter like extraordinaire. Travis can kill me every day on it, but I had max in. I'm I'm literally like it's fish after fish after fish and some small ones, a couple decent ones. And so I, I reel another one up and I'm like, he's got a lure in his mouth. And I'm like, no way. What is that? So I, I get, I had to get the pliers and pull it out. It was a bait, a very special bait that I cannot name because it's <laughs> Travis and I only fish it. I found it when he found it, but he he drop shots with it. I, I think he might reveal it on his Patreon stream. Anyway, it was in his mouth four weeks later huh. without without a hook. That's weird. So did that fish find it on the bottom that day? Couldn't get it out of his mouth? Miraculous timing type he of thing. absolutely freaked out. It was literally from a guide trip four to five, six weeks before that. Isn't that crazy? That is nuts. Yep. So yeah, our buddy uh, Brandon Brown in here. While we're all talking chatterbaits and crankbaits, is bringing up Ned rigs on us now, asking about the the Gajo Ned bait. Oh yeah, man, that's a good I one. I think it's actually pretty sweet. I don't think it's, I've seen it. It's got yeah. like all kinds of different square blocks on it, so you can literally manipulate it and make it the size that you want it to be. Oh, that's pretty cool. You yeah. want me to go get one? If that's, that's up to you, man. I thought that's I had one down here. I was, oh, I got it. <laughs> it's right here. So, no worries. Yeah, right. I mean, that's pretty crazy. Oh, wait, no, you have shown me this. I've seen. Uh, yeah, shown me. I've seen on your. I think it was your Instagram story. You were yep, me. yep, yep. I broke. I broke the bait down pretty, pretty good there. So what? What I like about this bait is, um, so Will had given me some Gajo stick baits that, um. I think they were just like factory seconds. So I brought them home. They were a little stiff at too much hardener. So I boiled them and I put that on my Instagram and then Bass, you picked it up and like, I don't know, like 20,000 people watched it. You can boil them. You gotta, you gotta be quick. Don't use your mom's pot. Right. Cause she'd be pissed at you or your, your wife's pot and it makes it super soft. So he had it. He, he made these, you know, super soft, but the segment, this is a brilliant design on his part. I had nothing to do with it. This is paradise. This color. Um, like a green pumpkin with, uh, you know, gold, purple, like and black. Like, very good. Yep. And uh, I like it because it'll accept dye. That's my only kick on Z-Man. I can't dye those baits. I really want to. I've tried it. We've had suggestions on different streams. I've never tried some of the new ones that I heard. But anyway, it'll accept dye. So I made that tail a little bit orange. Um, but as Andrew was saying, you know, you can just, you can cut down the segments, you know. Like I'll pull a segment off. It's easy to just do while you're on the boat and it's a clean cut. So I fished it long and the longer Ned seemed to get the bigger bites. I think we were taking two sections off, but still that's longer than the finesse TRD, but smaller than the big TRD and certainly a smaller profile. And the way the hook and the way these little grooves are, 
the finesse TRD Ned head, uh, you can you can fish it like the tiny child rig weedless. You know what I mean? Um, you know, weedless with a net head, or you can fish it uh, just exposed hook, and and it comes through at the exact spot you needed to. It's so crazy. So I think he designed them that way. What about this, Andrew? Hold on. Man, this might be dirty. I'm gonna have to try this on the Patomac. Oh, ooh, that came through. That came through at the, one of the grooves too, man. <laughs> Dude, don't tell me that wouldn't work. But that little, oh man, oh man, that's oh, just oh, oh yeah. And, oh. and those little grooves, so you're gonna get a little bubble trail off of it too, as you a would, shake, man. You would, man. Little freaking, oh my god, little scent on that thing, man. Woo. So smallmouth are totally scent driven. If you weren't fishing max scent, what scent would you be using? The gulp spray, smelly jelly. I might put some smelly jelly, you know, bass feast on this UV. I won't lie. I'll, I'll go right into one of my deep, dark secrets here. Mega uh -oh. strike. I had some mega strike with me uh, on the Potomac when I caught my, Shaky jig worm fish. So good old Bobby and his mega strike Roland Martin stinky scent crawfish. That thing, there are times that mega strike works, but here's the issue I have some of the old tubes, and now there's some new tubes. And the oh. older ones are like an orangish, I think they had more like that realistic. I don't know, it was a darker liquid. The new ones are clear, yeah. See, I got the clear one. Yeah, so I have I'm two like, tubes uh, of the old stuff, and I got one tube in the new, and I threw the new stuff out. I just didn't think it worked as good. <laughs> Dude, wow, man. Wow. Wow. Something I've kind of played around with is uh, cutting down a gambler ace. Because I have yes. that. that that's, a, that's a wicked scent, that gambler. Oh, has. That, oh that garlic scent. So knock oh, you out, man. It's so I'll strong. never forget the first time I opened a bag of ugly otters, and I was just like, yeah. wow. <laughs> like it was like Christmas morning, and I'm sitting there, and I was like, I want some of these baits, and I opened it up right in the middle of the living room floor, and I was just like, oh my god, oh, no! <laughs> my first one, I think it was the the, the why not, and I opened the bag, and I wasn't oh, yeah. paying attention. I opened it, and it opened it too hard, and it all went, it went like that, and it all came oh, at me. Oh, all over my spirit. Oh, yeah, it was oh. so bad. So let's yeah. talk. Let's talk about baits like the why not? Let like ringed baits. Right. I think there's something to a man. The ringworm. Nobody fishes it anymore on my rivers. I don't. I don't remember the last person I met with a ringworm. But it, it will pull your ass out of a jam when you need a bite in hot summer, finicky, pressured fish weather. When they're first taking on a French fry. Yes, with a curly tail, but the ri the rings, the rings, the bubbles, you know, it's got, it's got, it's super crazy soft because there's not a lot of plastic to impede the action. Somebody mentioned the bellows gill. That's what got me thinking. So thanks for the comment on the bellows gill, whoever threw that up there, man. So yeah, hey, the ring. Baits. G cracked it. Uh, it's a couple weeks ago. Wasn't it? Who was it? Andy that we had on that was showing us. It's coming. It's coming. Okay. Okay. Have you seen the little two point whatever it is? Would you drop shot that thing? That would be saucy, sexy looking. The two point. I'm trying to think of what you're talking about. Like the little, the, 
the little the short tail. One they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the okay. yeah they got I want to It's so hard for me to spend ten dollars on a pack of plastic. I know, man. <laughs> I have certain ones that I really like that are JDMs that I will okay. spend ten dollars on, but very situational base. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah. Uh oh. We won't get into that because that sounds like their secret. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have a few. <laughs> But if you hire Andy for a guide trip, you might see one. You might see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris had a good point here. You know, the ring fries get to you, but also RIP to Mark Pack. Oh, right. How about that, man? Yeah. yeah. Man, what happened? What happened to him? Do we know? Oh, wasn't it? It was COVID, wasn't it? I think, oh, I think that it sucks, COVID. Man. Yeah. Oh man. But, uh, I'll never forget, like circling back here when the Lake Fork tackle first came out. And I picked up one of those paddle-tailed ones with like the grooves in them. Oh and yeah! I threw that thing and on on like a three-eighth ounce head, and that tail was oh, just boy, talk about stinky baits. I know I, I, th- those stinky baits have a way of not making it into my boat. You know what I mean? Because I'd rather add the scent than have it in the bag. And man, it just—if I'm fishing all day, I don't know. It's like a—it's like a jar of bass feast smelly jelly. Uh, like see, if, you I, ever just, if you ever want to make somebody mad, just put that in their lunch pail and open it. <laughs> dude, dude, I used to I used to carry that stuff like so I would get like a lip balm, bigger lip balm tube because yeah. I didn't want to carry the whole jar. And I'm like, I'm just fishing a tournament, so I want enough for the tournament. So, but then I would I'd have lip balm in my pocket too, so I'd have to be really careful that I wouldn't take it out and like slather slather bass piece UV UV uh, on my on my lips, I man. <laughs> like, like I'll never forget I was fishing in tournament and there was like a five or eight mile an hour like headwind. The boat was a friend of us and he yeah. opened up his can of smelling <laughs> oh. and I smelled it like 50 That's that's kind of crazy actually. And I was like, dude, put that basket away. And he's like, You son of a bitch. <laughs> do you like their do you like their UV ones with the UV flake? See, I'm. Are you? I believe know UV it? works. I just I haven't really dove into it too much. Like I know walleye guys like UV because the okay. further down and deeper water you get, the UV sure. like blacks and purples, which is kind of sure. crazy to think a UV black, but it yeah. really stands out and it actually changes colors a little bit. And that's a entirely different topic we can go on that I've yeah, learned. Crazy, like, but like. As well, as these colors go down in the water column, they actually change their true color when they get down to the bottom. Yeah, I remember a bass article that had a guy, like a diver, standing in a pool or something, and they had the different color lines, you know, all mm-hmm. along this board and like what you could see. But I'm like, that's my eye. What does a fish see? Is what I really want to know, not what disappears. You know, is it? So I've heard the Berkeley guy on bass you talking about the most visible colors and to a bass red in less than six feet is number one that surprised me hmm it's very interesting like a i've heard it down south like a red like a bright red like like a neon red is killer everywhere (laughs) if you ain't throwing red the spring everywhere i don't know about smallmouth I can't speak up north, but you tell me, does a red bait work in the spring on smallies? It does. So I, I won't go like that crazy red, 
Sure. It has to have more orange in it, but yeah. it does work. I, I have certain, I have a few certain little crankbaits that I can get going in the spring. Sometime. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. I'm gonna that experiment. Must be fun. Yeah. I'm going to experiment more this year, but if we're talking this past season, I didn't catch a single one on red. I had like a more of a perch color that really fired up for me. Uh, makes sense, right? Natural Lake. Yeah, a lot of perch. I think there's more of a forge deal going on though, rather than more of a, a sight thing, you know, what they could see with that red. Mm. Uh, Interesting. I, 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 I didn't have red much in my hands this year just because it uh, there were there was points where I was throwing the perch. I'd switch over to the red just because I knew they were already fired up. It was like an every cast sort of deal. Fired the red, 20 casts, not a single bite. Fired the perch back out. Bit That's right so away. crazy. How about that? Right. Like, always, man. Tough to trick. Yeah. So, man, I I feel like I can go into like an entire rabbit hole here. But the one thing I have learned about red, and I'll do a little tidbit here. The red works best with grass. Ah. You have to have grass for red. If you're just dragging it over rock, they won't eat it. Isn't that interesting? Well, why, do you know why that is? I think it's because when the crawfish come out in the spring, they get on that grass. Ah. Interesting. They're looking for it. Very mm -hmm. interesting. It must be so much fun to get a crankbait by going with a smallmouth. Oh, dude. <laughs> I can't even imagine. I love cranking. I got to come up here for that crankbait bite. So, like, what are you cranking? How deep are you cranking in the spring when the crankbait bite is, like, on fire? Six to ten foot. So that, that means we can stay near the harbor, the safe harbor. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll just go in the Niagara River. And, oh, perfect. And you can go out there in, like, 30-mile-an-hour winds and still fish. It's oh. a little difficult with the current, but... Yeah, right. Uh, dude, we can When they're on, there's, like, two or three crankbaits that you can throw and really get them going when they get on it. I might have to hire you for a crankbait jam session on the Niagara River. That would be fun, man. <laughs> I, I won't lie. I haven't gotten it going in like two or three years because I just feel like I don't time it right. But yeah, when I have gotten it to go, oh my gosh. like It's crazy. Like yeah. crankbait down their throat, four and a half pounder. Can't mm. do anything for them to come off. And it's oh just, my gosh. And the biggest thing I found is you have to speed crank them with a 5.8 to 1 or a 5.3 to 1. So you literally have to reel as fast as you can. What? And when it hits something, you just pause, and all of a sudden you'll go to reel in your rod just like, oh, there's one. Whoa, I've caught whoa, so whoa. many six-pounders doing that in the spring. Oh, my so gosh. Much. So much fun. Wow. Yeah. I, I think just depend, though, is, that's probably that good death range. But there's certain times where it's like if you're shallow, go shallower in the spring. There's a certain point where that's mm -hmm. hard, too. And that's just absolutely stupid because any cast could be green or brown. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So, Bailey, what's, what's your home water, man? I, I live in Rochester, New York, so I'm literally okay. in the heart of absolutely everything. It's like Andrews, an hour to my west. Okay. Ontario, half an hour north of me. I have Cayuga to my east, 30 minutes. Oneida, an oh, hour, uh, an hour yeah, to my east. It's it's like God's country for smallmouth fishing. You guys live in the oh, juice. We have such an underrated largemouth fishery, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. How Very. about that? Very. It's a uh, lot Yeah, in the spring, it'll take almost 30 pounds to win, if not 30 on some of our lakes. And they're paper derbies, but yeah. yeah. That's crazy. I fished a uh, cash and rods tournament. 
this past year on one of the small finger leagues, I think it took 33. Holy crap. What the heck? Was that mostly greenheads or like a mixed bag? Oh, mixed. <coughs> wow. Yeah, it's bonkers. That's bonkers. Me and Brandon Brown, I, I think he can comment, he might remember it. He commented earlier, and I think we had like 22 pounds of smallies. We're like, sweet, we had a great day. Yeah, yeah. Nah, man, it was like 33, 29, 27. <laughs> man, that's, that's unreal, dude. That is unreal, man. How about that? Yeah. That's you'll, have to, you'll have to come up and uh, experience it. It's, oh, I totally want to do that, man. It's an absolute riot. I mean, in the spring up here, dude, as long as you have a hook and it's in the water, chances are you're going to catch fish. <laughs> it, don't ma- it doesn't matter. It doesn't take I'd, much. I'd, I'd love to get on that crankbait bite, man. That would be so much fun, just crankbait. I'm, I'm going to try and find a picture real fast of the biggest smallmouth I've ever seen caught. And my buddy caught it on my boat, so bear with me here. Wow! Did you did what did it weigh? We didn't have a scale. Ah! <laughs> Batteries were dead. Oh my god, that's crazy! But um, we estimated that day that we had thirty-two pounds. Holy shit, Eric! You would love. Uh, I don't know if you've actually spoken before. Uh, Nick Kuzvis up in Canada. Oh my god! Look at that small. That's a giant. And we measured it. It was 23 inches long. Oh, my God. My, my buddy in that picture, he's, he's probably 280 pounds. Holy crap. Yeah, he's like 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, he's short. What do you think that fish weighed, if you had to guess? Uh, I On a – to be honest, I would probably put it somewhere between 7 and 7.5, seven and but I undercut everything. That's craziness, man. Like before our scale died, we had two that were like six one, six two in the boat, and then I got one that was like six six, and then he caught that one right afterwards. Holy crap! <laughs> it was all in like a forty five minute span. It was just insane. Oh my god, that's crazy! <laughs> wow. But, there's, that, there's that foxy drop shot. Ooh. Yeah. That is pretty interesting. It's pretty Dude, dirty. Right? I could bet yeah. how that would be just devastating when that water gets to be like 41, 42. Mm-hmm. And you just hold it there. Oh, yeah. Throw a little scent on the back of that thing. Because yeah. mm-hmm. that marabou oh, always yeah. does this. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine adding like a minnow to the back of that one, like a max scent minnow to the back of that one, thread it on the hook? So you got the flow of the marabou color combo you know you could tie any marabou you know creamy marabou brown marabou whatever goby color marabou whatever you're trying to imitate damn mm. Mm. Yeah. hey you should uh you should link up with nick kuzvis he's a he's a lake simcoe guy he's canadian yeah i watch his i, I mean i i think i see I, I follow him i think i follow him yeah let me just check he's not he's on ng huge tinkerer isn't he isn't he yeah. trying to break an eight pounder or something like that? Is yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He, uh, yeah. he told us on the uh, we did a jerkbait episode and a swimbait episode with him this past week, and he's told us officially he's had over thirty three pounds of smallmouth. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, Simcoe is just Damn. like hidden gem, unreal. Yeah. Why have I heard of that before? Because I have, I guess. Yeah. Is it like un Canada? Yeah, it's yeah, right, it's right over. Canada. It's, it's like. Uh, 
It's about three and a half hours for me, I believe. It's like an hour and a half north of the greater Toronto area. Okay, I Maybe got even it. two hours. Yeah, so I think it's actually almost four hours to Barry from me. Wow, wow. I mean, some of the best fishing I experienced was with Travis and Will from Gajo Bates on the St. Lawrence. That was just oh, unbelievable. Special. Unbelievable. He gets to fish all that reservation water on the St. Lawrence. So yeah. It's like the holy land. Yeah, honestly, it is. It's a it's a privilege to be there. And Will couldn't be any more gracious and yeah. just a fun guy. Such you know, a nice guy. He is, man. He's he's he he loves just talking about baits and just so enthusiastic. He's just such a pleasure to be around, man. I love Will. He's good people. What, what is it they're most known for? Is it a spirit shad? Is it called? Spirit shad. Spirit shad. That's what I caught my personal best smallmouth with. First trip to uh, Ontario with Travis. That was a. It looked like a seven pounder. We got that on camera. That thing was monster. We had one of those knot heads. You know, the oh. smallest gets the biggest. The, the knot head. Yeah, I mean, it was just like so it's like mouth, and then gets like that bump. Yeah, that then, bump, it's like a buffalo, man. It was crazy, yeah. dude. Yeah. Crazy, crazy on a spirit yeah. shed. On a spirit, I, shed. I won't lie. I do have quite a few spirit sheds hidden. Great bait, <laughs> hidden. hidden. So th this, this, this is what I did to a spirit shed. Ooh, what is it? What is it? What is the company? Uh, UV something, Tightline UV. No, Tightline UV. Yeah, they make. Yeah. Yeah, and then rabbit baits—they they do stuff like that. That might catch one. Oh, interesting! I think I know, rabbit right? baits is a New York company. They yeah, are rabbit or rabbit rabbit rabbit. Okay. Oh, that smoke purple might get a bite. Is that an exone? No, it's this is gajo baby. Oh, gajo. Yeah, that's what I do in the winter. Just stick marabou and shit, and I can't take it. Uh, is that a needle you're using? There is. There's a there's a needle made for it's. I know it's a fishing kind of thing, or it might be a sewing thing. Why do I have a sewing needle? I don't know. But I'm like, it's a big needle with like the eye where you would normally stick the thread has right. a slot in it. So basically, what I do is is that needle right there? It's probably over. Right use needles a ton. I bet you you picked it up from watching Pacific Northwest Steelheaders. I might have. Because they'll they fish like five inch paddle tail, like thin line paddle tail worms. Yeah. And they thread them with like a bead and an octopus hook behind. So they and that's, like, and that's how they thread it. That's how they thread it. Yeah. Cause exactly. I'm pulling a piece of premium marabou through there. So yeah, that, that was the concept is to have that, you know, that gajo spirit shed, but that marabou home. Oh, can you imagine that? I'd like to see that underwater. It looks man. like a almost looks like a winged dragon almost. <laughs> well, that's what those freaking gobies look like, yeah. right? They got that yeah, yeah. crazy ass fin up front. And I'm thinking, like, really make it big. Yeah. You know, Eric, do you have any sculpin down in your lakes? We it's don't. Like a, no no. sculpin, no. Mm -mm. Interesting. Not that I know of. Hmm. No, that's because a sculpin looks just like a goby. So like that bait. If you had lakes with sculping in, I know out west they have a lot of lakes with sculping in them, and they get to right. be like three, four, five inches. Somehow. Yeah, so dude, it's work great in sculping lakes. I caught a goby like that big with Travis, it was a giant. He ate the, oh, yeah. the, the, the minnow, and I'm like, that is a monster goby. No wonder these Ontario fish are just huge because the thing was a meaty offering, man. I could, so I, actually, I, I, I lipped him. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I brought this up on a previous show, I think a couple times, but um, you'll never believe what the average age of a six-pound smallie is now on, like, the Great Lakes in our area. 
How bit how many years old? Like 30. Not even. Like a fifth. Yeah, they're like six, eight years old. They grow like almost a pound a year. That's what? What? Yeah. So Just in order the gobies. Because of the gobies, yeah. So they're they're like little whey protein packets for bodybuilders. That's like that's like in the trout the trout stocked fisheries in California. Exactly. Yeah. The 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 bass just get ridiculously big and freakish in nature, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know they didn't do this trout stocking, but that's when you can catch the bigs down in like Western Carolina with Austin, or in the, on the West. You know, they they look at the trout stocking schedule. There's a there's a lake in West Virginia, Captain Steve Sakonis again. Um, he's, he has a house there and, uh, there's a lake that he's fishing that stocks trout in it and, or they stock trout in this lake. It's not big. And, um, he said that the DNR there shocked up one over 13, which I think it might've been the state record. I'm like, I'm like, where did I put those? I have them in the box, but I have two butch Brown rigs. Butch Brown rig Huddleston's ready to go. They're like the the bigs. They're, they're hanging. Dude, out I there. love the sixty eights. Oh, the HUD sixty eights bad to the bone, man. Yeah, I gotta find that. I gotta find it. Where the hell? Is if it? I had a if I had a house with a garage that I could store my boat and keep it warm all year, I there's a couple of lakes Bailey that I would go to and just grind a HUD sixty eight right now. Are um, you a, are you a burrito bait fan? Mm. No, mm. it it sounds like you've explored the depths, man. I, anyway, I, this I, is what, I tinker and I'll throw some stuff. That's what I'm going to throw with Captain Steve when I get oh, up there. Gang, rainbow trout. That's seen some work. You got a little hook. I got a, I got I got I got a little hook rash going. So I'm proud of that hook rash. And I cracked this bait. And I use Sugru, which is like this moldable glue right there on the little. Can you see the seam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hit a dock with it. Uh-huh. Have, you ever, have you ever thrown big baits like this? The the biggest I get into is like a, an eight or ten inch mag draft and like a shine glide. That's probably about it. Okay, because yeah. I can't afford <laughs> like a the game. Shine, the, the, shine, like the shine glide catches them. Oh yeah, yeah. I caught a five on it on Chickamauga in November. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. That's a good bait, man. It's a potato chip. Oh yeah, you can't cast it with the damn. But... That is, it's crazy. Drone, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to get a drone to like fly it out where you want to cast. <laughs> Lift off. New style of long lining swim bait. <laughs> of using a trolling motor, we use drones to drop. We just gave like Oliver Nye a great little idea right there. Could you imagine yeah. that? Like, Can you imagine fly out of, <laughs> drop it and then watch the fish swirl. Yeah. Drop the bait. Drop the bait. <laughs> Dude, that, that, that glide would curve. Like I would try to pinpoint a cast next to timber and I'd cast at it and it would curve to the left. <laughs> that, that reminds me of like the D Rojas frog skipping videos where he can skip a frog and make it turn. In like oh medium. wow, that's crazy, man. Yeah, at Chris yeah. Place, I'd get yourself some S waivers. I do have some. I just think that the yeah. uh, Shine Glide just walks so easy for the price. Yeah, but does it? Our, our buddy uh, Alex Coral chimed in tonight, and he wants to know about your centipede. 
Higher oh, on that when it gets tough. Uh, I'm yeah. like he pumped into some juice. <laughs> well, I showed it earlier. <laughs> I, I, uh, that's the hand pour one. But right. the little, yeah, it's the green pumpkin watermelon, you know, which is one of my favorite. I'm a laminate dude. Does anybody else like throwing laminates out there? I like lamps. I'm a big laminate fan. I just think it's ultra natural, you know, dark over light or light over dark, whatever your preference right. is. But the favorite laminate colors, green pumpkin, amber, like dark green pumpkin, amber. Yeah, yeah, that's probably working for you up there. They would eat it on my rivers too, man. I mean, can you go wrong with if, as long as you got a green pumpkin somewhere in your laminate, you're you're going great, right? Like o Okeechobee right. craw. Who would have thought that green pumpkin and freaking you know a blue would be great together? But damn, they eat that color, right? Well, I mean, if you have green pumpkin in June bug, it's almost like a moldy peanut butter and jelly. Right, <laughs> right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> No, man, but, uh, yeah, when it's tough, man, can you beat a French fry? I don't think so, man. When you really need a bite, a centipede is just damn. You know, as light as you can get away with, man. Light as you can get away with on the weight there, and you'll do you'll do good. You'll put, you'll get, you'll get generate bites. You can I've always you. been in – go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I've always been intrigued with the French fry. I think I watched an Ike video like eight years ago where he would rig a French fry – and back then we didn't know what Neko ringing was, but he'd put like a Neko weight yeah. into the tail of it so it would stand up on the bottom with like a one-out weight. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. that's good. But I'm like, I'm going to pick up a spinning rod. I'm going to try to cast it. It's just not going to go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he was using a one-ounce weight on a centipede? like No, 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 just like a nail weight. Oh, oh nailing no, it in the nail. Like a 332nd, like, yeah, like or 132nd, like or whatever. Yeah, yeah like yeah. super or super one seventy second or something. Whatever like. it was, man. Yeah. That's funny, man. Yeah, you know, I mean, like on our rivers, it, you don't necessarily need a long cast, right? Because you might be pitching to a dock, mm -hmm. you might be pitching to a laydown, you know, you might be pitching to a hole in the grass. So, you know, ultra long casts not are not necessarily necessary in our bodies of water. So uh, it, it, it weight is a different story there for sure. So yeah, if you need a bite, man, get yourself a pack of green pumpkin zoom centipedes, dye the tail, your favorite color, throw a little scent on there. You'll be good. You or that be good. Gap or offset worm. I'd say wide gap. I know a lot of guys will throw a J bend in it. You know, if they're like split shot in it, that's a, that's a often forgotten technique and um, you know, don't sleep on the split shot rig. Um, yeah. So split shots right there off your uh, back, right? Shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, you're, 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 you can get you can get some old school yeah. water gremlins. Oh, buddy, right? Oh, yeah, man. That's one of my favorite. Right and I he's, know labels. Picture he, photogenic he, memory. He, he's spying it, man. He's spying all the good stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have, I'm willing to bet I have the best vision amongst us three, and I cannot see worth a damn back there. <laughs> I'm, I'm just telling you, I know I know labels so well. He's studying it. That's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. Yeah. yeah well, see, I still had fish, so I know all about like water gremlin, old lead weights. So, all right. So, you steelhead fish, do you, do you pay attention to like the steelhead worms and you ever think about using those for bass applications? I actually uh, have a company that makes steelhead worms. And I have some downstairs. I'll send you some pictures later. You're going to like these. I would like sure. to see those because I just placed an order from there. Okay. I see Mad River today. So they make steelhead worms, but they also make um, bass worms. Hold on. I'm going to pull them up. 
Oh yeah, I'd like to see that, man. But I'll send you some pictures later of them up close that I don't really. I try not to talk about them, which <laughs> which gets you in trouble because I'm supposed to talk about them. <laughs> uh, Brendan Andrews says, uh, "Do I like the Gancraft or ABT for the smaller glide?" I'd say the ABT, man. Um, you know, I'm going to listen to Austin at, at Dreamcatchers Fishing. If you need some big swim bait advice, man, give him a shout. Oh, dude. Oh, dude. So these oh, are the steelhead line. Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. They're out of Washington. Oh. Vicky and uh, Scott Paulson, great, great people. Wow. But uh, here we go. I'm going to pull up one color I think you're really, really going to enjoy. So, so no salt float, right? I mean, basically for steelheading is what you're looking at. Yeah. Yeah. So super high float worm. Super soft. Oh, where'd it go? Where'd it go? Oh, no. Hold on. Where'd it go? I got mad at me. I needs it, man. I got to have it. <laughs> I might have to ghost you for a second and go find I'm I'll be right back. I'm just okay. gonna go grab it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be even better, man. Oh, he's gonna show us the juice now. Yeah, la live. Uh Alex is there a secret uh to the to the leader length between the weight and the hook on the split shot? 12, 12 to 18 inches. They'll do you right. Yeah, man. Like a size one, you know, 10 pound test, eight, eight to 10. I mean, if you're in super clear water, maybe go six or seven, you know. Alex is a uh, local hammer around these parts. Oh, so he's really diving, he, he's diving into the juice. Ah, uh -huh, nice, <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, Alex is actually the one who uh, who taught me how to uh, fish out deep. Got me started trying to figure out how to how things all laid out and oh, that's cool. and all that jazz. Yeah, good dude. Uh, Chris Flay talked about Mojo Rig and a, a Zoom centipede. Yeah, man. Oh, hold on. Uh oh, oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Little slider weight there. Some bobber stops, or use the old school, you know, mojo stuff. There's some mojos back there. I'm surprised Andrew didn't see him. <laughs> I'll give it time. Give it time. He'll be snooping. Shadow swordfish. You want some advice for spring bass on tidal fisheries, man? Put a chatter bait in your hand and get to know that bait. Uh, it's it's crazy how versatile it is and how not many people try to really tinker with it. You got to learn it. You got to learn it. Three eighths ounce to a half ounce, depending upon how the thing I'd start out with a half, um, you know, for, for, because the grass is going to be uh, pre-emergent in the spring. So you're going to want to, you know, you, you've got to make contact with the grass to really trigger the bites. Mm -hmm. And so it, it all works as a system, you know, rod line gear ratio, um, but, you know, 15 to 17 pound test on your line fluorocarbon for sure. Just hello. Oh, I thought, yeah, I thought yeah. we were frozen for a second. The yeah, alpha, yeah, the alpha <laughs> anglers chatterbound is one I recommend. I had a buddy that switched over to the alpha anglers chatterbound after he lost two big fish with me in a Wednesday night tournament. I'm like, Tim, let me see that goddamn chatterbait rod, man. And so he, I'm like, dude, you're throwing it with a flipping stick. Stop it. Get yourself a freaking chatterbound from Alpha's Anglers. And he did. And he said he hadn't lost a, or maybe one chatterbait fish since, man. So, heck yeah. Do you yeah. dabble with ounces at all? What's that? 
You dabble with like three quarter to ounce, ounce and a quarter, Chatterman. No, I, you know, deep for me is eight to ten foot, and uh, oh. Andrew, <laughs> and, and Andrew Red is right. I I like a chatterbait pre-spawn, and then after the spawn, I'm going to a swim jig. So still eat the chatterbait, but a swim jig is just deadly effective. So, right, hey Red, you know what's up, man. Hopefully, we're not giving anybody that's I'm competing against. I don't fish many tournaments on the Potomac anymore, but. Don't be hating on me if I said something you didn't want me to today. <laughs> Brendan Aaron asked the uh, biggest pike or muskie, and dude, I couldn't tell you because I hate both of them. I actually don't. I don't mind an occasional muskie, but I am not a toothy critter fan. Dude, look at that smallie color. That's a little two point seven five in uh, hot steel. They call it. That's but it gets better. This is a four point five. You're gonna. You're gonna like this one. Smallies love pink, right? I I like it when it's on a bed, but it might be hard to see the. Oh, color out there. I see something happening there. Oh, oh, was that blue fleck kind of deal? It's a PB and J. Oh, I gotta have that, man. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> this is personally probably my favorite color. Look at the tail on that bad boy. Oh, my gosh. It's got a little black uh, head, dude. That's dirty. Baby bass. Look at that. Yeah, look at the laminate. Hello. What's the name of the company, man? Can you hook me up like just a connection? <laughs> I'm not asking for a discount. I'm just asking. There you go, dude. What is that, WFO? Yes, WFOworms.com. Oh, that's awesome, man. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate They're that. They're out of where they have again? Washington. Washington. So, so their staple is steelhead fishing. See, you're the first person I've ever met. People ask me where I get my inspiration from, right? I'll look to saltwater. I'll look to trout fishing. I'll look to, you know, steelhead. Oh, shum, shum. Ooh, I can, I can. Be, oh, and they actually have a really cool ox blood color, too. And uh, the old owner used to pour for me. I don't know if the new ones will do it, but gotcha. Yeah, that's a Don Iavino color, man. Oxblood, man. See, those those worms reminded me of the old doodle worms that you know, the old beaver tail style worms, right? You know, doodle socking and split shotting. If you're a if you're an old school bass head, those those techniques when it really gets tough, man, can produce. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, they're they're oily little buggers because in Washington they're not allowed to put like scent or anything on the baits. So so for oh, them, really? yeah. So they're there's not a there's no salt in them. Oh, I don't want any salt. That's exactly what I'm looking for, you know, my companion for my shaky jig worm, man. So, you know, to me, it's kind of like you buy a shaky head jig like this, and for the people that bought it on the auction. I sent him a little package of worms or, or or the guys that just bought the shaky jig worms I did. But, you know, I, I, I like thinking about, like, what's the ideal combination? I want the jig and the worm to work together. And, you know, to me, high float is, for me, where it's at. And I want something super soft. You're going to go through them, but what's the point? You're trying to get a bite. You know what I mean? Correct. So, this one's hard to see. I don't have any with me. I actually left them in my boat. But this yeah. one's called River Magic. You can kind of see the tail. Oh, is that fired off the, Yeah, chartreuse. It's like a faint, like, limey chartreuse. Ooh. But it's inspired off of, like, Aaron's Magic. 
but it's oh. a little bit of a difference. So it's got like a emerald green top to it, but a purple yeah. translucent bottom. Oh man, that's what I'm talking about. That's my <laughs> style worm. I like that beaver tail style worm, you know, broad flat. You can never go wrong with the sand. Oh, dang. It's beautiful <laughs> stuff. So, Andrew Red, you're asking me what if I had to pick one jig to fish one of my phone as a trailer on a swim jig? Man, you know, I, I've just done it's been so good to me over the years. Um, it'd be between the Rage and the um, the Berkeley Chigger Craw. Mm. What is the Yum Christy Craw? Christy Craw, good too, for sure. Yeah. Yep. That one. Yep. Have yep. you tried uh, like a Berkeley water bug with that uh, that jig worm right there? I haven't, man. No, no, no. But I, I'm I'm looking for some really cool. I mean, I've got a bunch of crawl style baits that yeah. I could put on the back of that too. I think that they make four point two five. That might work. Yeah. 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 But if you're looking for some floats, I mean, have you tried like a like a, a Z-Man finesse worm? I don't like Z-Man products when I have to put the hook through the worm. That's fair. I, what if, uh, for me, I struggle Texas rigging or, you know, Z-Man plastics. Shit, I, I even hate Ned rigging them because they just get bunched up and then I feel like I never get the hook in them properly because you can never really... You got to go fast. You got to go. You got to go. You got to have... If you try to, like, move it, you're going to twist it. It's, it's like, you got to go, go one shot and be right. Yeah, otherwise it's screwed. I've always it's, thought about, like, maybe I should hook, like, heat the hook up a little bit with, like, a lighter before sliding it through just so it cuts through it a little better. Because right. you're going to thread it and it's, like, getting all bunched up and stuck. It's, it's like, it's what true. the frick? There, there's an art to it, man, because you can't, you'll, you'll end up twisting the, you've got to really be confident and go through in one shot to make that yeah. clean channel. Because if you try to move it and back it out, you're done. Twist is done like, ah! Uh, you might as well throw it home. Grab the next one. I swear, I swear. And Bailey, you know, I was, I was uh, weighted whacking, inchy whacking, a Z-Man plastic in a tournament with Scooter Lily on Smith Mountain Lake, okay. and um, I felt like I had the right color that I had the fish responded to it, and uh, put a couple small ones just to start to limit in the boat. You know, you know, it's nice to get comfortable. Scooter's on a jerk bait on the front. And I'm pitching to docks and, and lay downs with weighted wacky. Uh, we're, we're, we're targeting some small mouse and big heads, by the way. Um, I slid it under a dock. Okay. I made a great freaking skip under a dock. And it's with the uh, Shin Fukai, Inchi Wacky, Tungsten with the two. Okay. So <laughs> Rod loads up. Man, I'm fighting this fish. Jumps off. And I'm like, what the? And I look and bring my Z-Man back. Crunched up in a ball. The hook point was to the side, straight through the worm. I had no shot at hook penetration. Oh man! So, That's so, so I would love to do it because it had such good action. But I just worry like that cost us right. big time. We were leading the points championship uh, for for most of the year, and you know that fish. I'm not saying we would have won the points championship, but yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, and had he not cracked my spro. Pro blue jerk bait after he caught a big, you, you know, yeah, he hit, he hit like a wind and he hit a dock post that was metal and then the jerk bait was sinking. I'm like, what the fuck did you do to my jerk bait? <laughs> Cracked, <laughs> you tried it out. I only had one. 
But yeah. they wanted that jerk bait, that color, man. I had Mega Bass with me. That was it. And I had Pro Blue and other styles that was just reaching a depth and had action, different profile. Couldn't generate bites with any other. It's weird. What about like a like a zoom floating worm? Man, the trick worm is awesome, man. I I, I threw methylate uh with Travis last February down at the Piero Ranch and uh picked up some some bigs on methylate. I love throwing that trick worm in the spring. I love methylate is the color I want to throw. There's nothing um, like methylate worm dancing. No, no, I still have the worm that I caught the big six on. I bit, I bit it down, but I did something it's unique. So bright and obnoxious. So imagine this methylate worm uh, as a full-length <laughs> trick worm. I took this. We This is the line from that trip in February last year, pre-pandemic. Or actually, the pandemic was just starting. And... Um, so it was the full length worm. So I bit this down for some reason. I don't know why. But anyway, um, yeah, I nose hooked it and I got a lot more action. It's the first time I've ever nose hooked it instead of rigging it to traditional weedless. And I caught the big fish that day on that little ditty. And you see, like, just slowly, like, just when you twitch it and reel of it, the whole thing has to be like a snake almost. Oh, it, it absolutely does. This this will give it a, a lot, lot different action. Um I'll, I'll give you guys a big tip. I watched a guy and I, I, I probably forgot about it. And now I'm just remembering it. So let me see if I get, so trick worm. Let me see if I can get it. Where's my hooks. Oh, I got a hook. Hold on. That was so cool. Watching Mark Daniels jr. Crush him on, I think it was fork. Oh that, yeah. Oh. Worm. Yeah. Brandon Cobb on uh, Hartwell in the spring. Sure. So anyway, turn your trick worm upside down, rig it upside down. Because this is like a keel. So the flat side will be up. We're always taught to rig the flat side down. Turn it upside down. Tell me later this spring how you did. Hmm. Good to know. We'll try it out. I can already tell you why it's better. So You know. When you know, you know. All right. I just dropped that hook on the ground. I got it. I got it. So, so it's funny that you say that. I, I'm reverting back to steelhead fishing. But these worms... Eric have a flat side on them. Yeah, and when I jig head rig them, I rig them upside down, flat side up. Damn, that's crazy because it's like a boat keel and it catches the water. It gets that wobble and roll, right? Yep, exactly why. So when I'm when you twitch it, it comes up and then it. Mm-hmm. Very <laughs> cool. Very cool. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Zoom trick worm and black grape. Black grape, one of the best colors ever made, man. Yep. He's got some last-minute questions here. We don't keep too long. We're almost or a minute and a half away from two hours here. But, uh, but dude, I feel like we you know, that's, a, that's a short stream for me, but you know it. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, dude. But either way, man, it's – it's always a pleasure having you on. And uh, oh, I've enjoyed it, man. Nice meeting you, Andrew, for the first yeah, time. Yeah, you too, man. A lot for calling me back, man. It's great. Yeah, I was doing good streams. All right, what's that last question? Yeah, let's see. See if the folks get it in. Okay. Yeah. Well, Snake River guy tried putting a beaver on my shaky jig instead of a worm. Um, my original prototype was this one that I threw during the Big Bass Tour event with Austin Neary down at Smith mountain. So that was my first attempt at, and, I, and it, and it worked, but I don't have enough room here on this jig head to put a lot of material on. And I didn't put the the hackle in the front. And so, yeah, I threw anything from shaky heads to, to, 
you know, like a smallie beaver. I had a smallie beaver around here somewhere. It's a lot of meat to get with with a hook gap that big. So I'd need a a, a different jig head. I'd want an EWG hook on it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. All right. Here's here's a last question for you. Most underrated topwater color. Wow. Underrated. <laughs> People aren't throwing. I'll give you mine. Go ahead. Black. I was going to say black, but I black. thought that was a popular one. Yeah, I, I love black too. <clears throat> yeah. I, I, when I think of top water, the first thing I think too is something that's foiled and shiny and bright, maybe sure. a shirt's bottom sure. or a yeah. bone or a bait fish. Yeah. But a lot of people stay away from like that black bluegill pattern for whatever reason. Right. And I would say the other one is bluegill. Bluegill came to my mind as a secondary one. I don't think you can beat a bluegill color post spawn. They, right. they they want to crack a bluegill color in the post spawn. For some reason, if you give them a or or a yellow or an orange belly, depending upon that bluegill color, maybe an orange throat and then a yellow belly. Um, that bluegill Iavino splash it back in the day caught me some bigs on the potomac big on the potomac yeah so you know backs, rio rico <laughs> yellow magics woo. just speaking my language oh man oh there's some other little jdm gems maybe we'll get another stream going in the summer or fall or something like that and we'll hit round two and just make it a jdm show oh we could have a good ball oh, that would be a ball we got to get Bailey some more JDM knowledge, though. Yeah, I have to do a lot of research before that show. Like weeks, maybe months. <laughs> oh, all you need to do is take notes. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll come on and I'll just I'll just do Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a better show for you guys. <laughs> nah, you, you, it's a rabbit hole, dude. It's, it's a wormhole, man. You could just go so deep. It's. The JDM baits, the Japanese lure designers are just incredible, man. The engineering that they put into some of their bladed baits that I found years ago, you know, their Imakatsu, Imakatsu chatter bait, the way it How do you feel about the Robin blade? Uh, you know, I I, I I don't know. I haven't fished it. It's a funky looking bait. I'd it's like very to throw funky. it. It's got that giant ass blade. I'd like to I'd like to throw it. I haven't yet. Do you have any? I don't because you know why when i'm really crushing them on with what i've got you know but again i've seen the power of a new jdm bait that they've never seen before one thing struck me with the berkeley guy and this doesn't help anybody's pocketbook and again man you can really keep things simple if you want to to catch fish you don't need more than some you know hey look if you're looking for a great balsa crankbait a rapala dt6 or, or uh, you know, DT4 if you're fishing shallow, or DT10. A DT10 is a much bigger bait, you know, is a balsa bait, smaller baits that can reach that depth. But anyway, you know, you could keep it simple, right? In the JDM market, there's just so much. But that's part of the magic for me, Bailey, and you know this about me, of bass fishing, is I like to explore. And, um, you know, I've been collecting since I've uh, been a kid, uh, you know, starting with old Bagley lures in the 70s. And uh, it just went from there, man. And uh, now that I'm older and, you know, kind of fills the void in my fishing soul when I can't fish, I just like to explore and try new things. I bought some dogs over the years, and I, but I bought some gems and, uh, you know, had experiences on the water where the first time I'm throwing it, it's literally like they've never seen it. And the guy in the boat with me is like, what, what is that? 
you know. <laughs> but I've also had the experience like throwing a balsa bait from a flat side crankbait maker, Craig Powers, you know, meeting him at a, a bass show and going out and talk to him. Said, hey, man, you got to put a flat side in your hand to fall, dude. And I'm like, all right, talk to me, bro. And uh, he's like, these are the colors you need. And he goes, I've got some in stock. He gave me a good price on them. So I loaded up and uh, took a picture of shad when the fish were on the shad. And I'm fishing with my buddy, Bob Cherry, who's a way better crankbait fisherman than I am. And I absolutely murdered him. First of all, that balsa baits backing out of the grass, that, you know, that grass edge that we were fishing, the fish were on it. I had the profile, the tight vibration, but it had everything that they wanted and a plastic bait could not match it, including lucky crafts he had in the boat. It, did, it wasn't reaching the depth. It wasn't having it just. And when I gave him one, he started catching fish. That's the crazy, crazy part. The way it is. Sometimes that's the way it is, but it's not always the way it is. So don't like go feeling you got to go buy a bunch of CP baits from Craig Powers, right? You know, I'm sure a DT6 might, but he had a DT6. They didn't want it, man. They wanted that little flat side silent balsa bait that I was throwing. And I gave him a color that was a shad color and he did just fine. Hmm. Crazy, man. But before that, zero bites. Hmm. That's nuts. I mean, that's nuts. You figure you can eke one out? Nope. <laughs> nothing yeah yeah this was a major bay that they did you know the fish had been pounded on all year and uh you know it was a weekend there were plenty of boats on the water right behind them man bowed up yeah lots of stories wow. like that and they were jdm baits too so it's pretty cool one of the craziest things with jdm baits i found is just the colors they come out with oh my it's God. just insane ridiculous there yeah, they're some of the most talented in their colorways for sure yep no doubt about it man like the ghost colors for sure the, some of the the pigments that they use they just you know they're plastic it's just they're zany there's some wild shit out there right well i mean like even with the mega bass 110 series i think there's 1100 known colors isn't that crazy that's ridiculous <laughs> you go attack warehouse there's 30 i mean <laughs> How do you how do you even begin to like go? Okay, you know. But if you find your colorway, that's pretty cool. That you could pretty much own it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That if it's right for that fishery. Are you a? Uh, are you a? Uh, what's that silver one with the yellow bars? I know you know this color. LG Bone. Is it that one? No, no, it's not LG. Oh bone. no, the 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 G the JDM color that there was like a special release. I don't have it. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got it. I got it. Hold on. I got it in a flap slap. Are you a flap slap guy? I've I've tried them. We don't have thread fin up here. Oh, so that doesn't work for you up there. It, it, are, are there thread fins on the St. Lawrence? No. They're not? Well, they ate it on a St. Lawrence like they never seen it, but it was in a blue oh, color. But there's there's gizzard shad. Oh. And alloy, so they have a similar body. So that's the flap slap that I'm talking about. But that's just mm -hmm. like, look at that color, man. Yeah, that I color mean, is sweet. I mean, right? I mean, you could see it. So on a flat-sided bait, you get a lot of flash. And so I was throwing like uh, GG Gill. And uh, this is the color I'm talking about. Is this YMC? YMC. This is supposedly a smallmouth little badass color. So this is the one. Mm -hmm. Perchy? I don't know. Look, I'm not a smallmouth guy per se, but anyway, there you go. 
Well, here's the thing about smallmouth. They like bright stuff. And alewives will get that chartreuse bar in them, so I could see where that would work. Ah, oh, that's what it's imitating then. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, I had a seriously good uh, run with Travis uh, the first day we jerk baited. Then we went back and tried to catch 50 in a, in an hour. But it was sunny the day that I was stoning them on the the bright, chromy gill. Isn't that silly how that happens? It's like complete then, opposite of what it's supposed to be. The next day, it was like cloudy, and I only had one one flap slap color. I stuck with it. They still ate it, and I used a red hook. By the time we were done, they had eaten off all of the red paint on my number five Gamakatsu red hook, and it was gold underneath. Had a little bit of red paint. They chewed it up that bad. Lost one of my time, too. That's how crazy it was. I think we caught 30-something bass in an hour. It's pretty good. Yeah. I'd say so. I think the day before we could have done it, because it was like for me, every cast I was getting either whacked, slack-lined. I mean, they were slack-lining it. And that flap sap's got that secondary action. As you as you pop it, it'll it'll kind of rise up. So it's that secondary action. It's not it's not suspending like you know most of your Vision One Tens or a slow sink or whatever, depending on the water. I can't remember what the water temp was, but I know I watched it. My bait was rising up. So it was that fleeing action, I think, that was triggering some of that bite. It's such a weird, beautifully designed bait. Yeah. I remember. There's nothing like it. The first time I learned about the flap slap was Edwin Evers on, I want to say it was Gunnersville. Yes. On the one Bassmaster Classic, he was cranking on them the first two days. Big time. It's one of those, uh, it's just got the right profile, mm-hmm. right? It's, it, and it, and you got to figure with that broad, flat side, it has a lot more flash than even a jerkbait would, right? Because I'm, I'm sure on the lateral line of the fish, too, they feel it when you, when big. you snap it because it, pushes a ton of water it does push a ton of water but that that slight rise to it is the secondary action i think that's what people don't think about when they're thinking about a a crankbait like pete gluzik's quiet killer that you know this is a replica replica of the little speedy by jerry lores um but this bait you know it's a great cover cranking bait when the fish get on the wood post spawn flat side but as you worm this through the wood, if you stop it and twitch it, this bait will do a 180 and turn around. Hmm. Now that's secondary action. That's some that's saucy ass shit. Some crankbaits are really buoyant as they back out. They'll, they'll, you know, they'll they'll do this and and wobble like one of the baits that I love. And so I know some people ask me this question. I have no idea why I stopped throwing it. Was the fat, the bomber fat A? It is uber buoyant it's like a ball weird triangle bill no 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 no. let me let me get my let me see if i got a fat a sitting around here somewhere because i want to show it um and real quick real quick for shadow shadow swordfish try to say that five times uh he's asked about because i put out a message about our fantasy fishing group yeah asked how you can join just sign into your fantasy fishing account and we are I believe I have it up on my other screen. We're on the front page, so just go look for Sears Angler Podcast and join. And uh, we'll be the winner. Top three winners are going to uh, win some sweet stuff from our show. Oh, party. nice, man. Nice, nice, nice. But uh, carry on. At the end here, we're going to run a Hobie ad when we leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ab- 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 <laughs> definitely run the Hobie ad, dude. Definitely run the Hobie ad. 
<laughs> so anyway, that fat A backs up and has a wiggle when it backs out of cover. So secondary action, that's something you got to think about when you're fishing, man. Lures that have good secondary action are uh, are some of the best ones ever made, right? Yeah. My, the one that always comes to mind for me, and I'm so sick that they stopped making it, is the Jackal Super Eruption Spinnerbait. That's my spinnerbait, dude. I bought a bunch of them. I, I have one left. <laughs> dude, I won. I won my Never on Sunday Wednesday series on that Jackal Super Eruption. 22-6 on the upper bay. It has a reverse teardrop blade, so it's got the thump of a Colorado almost, but the flash of a willow. The way that the blade is welded onto the arm, they immediately spin. And if you stop it by cover, those blades are engaging the whole way down. The whole way down, they spin. The whole way down, spin. So and and it, the, the, the wire was uber thin. It was super stainless seal. That that fine cut silicone skirt, that nasty ass owner hook they had on it, man. It was just the best spinner bait ever made. But they break very easily when smallmouth eat them. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, I feel for you, brother. I feel for you, man. Yeah. Uh, I got I a fun little river bite, which with them, and I went through, I think, three of them in one day. Oh, my God. But so worth it for the memories. Yeah, that's oh, probably why they stopped making them because, you know, they broke so easily, right? <laughs> oh, flashback. Yeah. I remember, like, one of them was on a finger lake. I was fishing around docks and the smallie grabbed it in early spring, like just as they're putting them in. Oh, and my God. Looking, and I come back and I'm just like, oh, all I have is the wire. Oh. <laughs> That, that happened in our championship. My buddy was throwing a Sprite King. He had like a six on. I saw it. I got the net in my hand. And the it was a brand new spinnerbait, and it broke. It yeah. literally brought back the arm. That was a, that was a, a Sprite King. So well, I gave him a super run. eruption. I put back together and bent it back like seven times. So I knew it was going to break eventually. Yeah, and that's I guess be like a titanium spinnerbait, you know, with the unbreakable titanium. Yeah. So. I've had that happen to a brand spanking new war eagle with a potential three smallmouth. Just came I, back. Not a broken. Oh, no. Yeah. All I had left was the wire and the jig head. Damn, man. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, man. Unbelievable, man. We'll do a JDM show one day, man. That that that'll probably get some uh, people interested. You can do an entire episode on Megabass, OSP, and Norries. You sure could. You sure could. Yeah. Well, I'd love to do a little show and tell, man. I I you know I meet some people out there that are JDM fools, but uh, yeah, I'm well, the depth. So. Yeah, yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. but uh, obviously we love to always have you, dude. And I don't want to keep you much longer. No problem. Uh, Night, but uh, dude, I we appreciate it. Got it, man. You got it. Are you still want to go smallie fishing? Let me know. I will. Are you still fishing Douglas rods? Me, no, yes. Okay, I got you. I got you. Okay, what are you fishing now, man? I uh, I just got my orders in. It's kind of I'm doing a co mingle, I'm trying to experiment around, and uh, I got some Daiwas, some Dobbins, Powell's, some Abu's. Some mix of some things. I got him to buy a glass chatterbait rod, which I think he's going to fall in love with. Dude. It's a tackle warehouse Daiwa that's modeled after the evergreen Hercules rod that Brad throws. I got the leopard. Oh, man. Yeah. I caught one of my biggest upper bay, like on on my hand tied one on that leopard on on camera with uh, heavy. That rod is so beautiful. Yeah, man. They load so nice. You will not regret it 
for sure. There's a lot of good ones out there. So follow the advice of your compadre, Andrew. And uh, man, you, you, you won't be sad that you, uh, you will, you will keep way more fish button. I can just tell you. It's uh, the first time that you set the hook into them, you're going to feel like the buttery smoothness of that oh, yeah. last rod. And it's just going to load up. And you're gonna be like, why wasn't I doing this the whole time? Is, it, is there anything better? It's kind of like a crankbait bite. I mean, you know, when that rod loads up and you're fishing a proper crankbait rod. And look, there's a lot of guys that have, you know, transferred over to full graphite cranking. It's just a personal preference thing. Nonetheless, it has to have the right action. So, you know, again, personal preference. But I've seen guys that, you know, were just too quick with their hook sets. You know, if you're a young guy with quick reflexes, man, and you are, glass will do you right. Weren't you an athlete? Hockey, right? No. Well, hockey, lacrosse, and then. Yeah, man. Fortunately, I mean, swam for you. <laughs> you, you. You feel something breathing on your chatterbait. You're like, shoot, <laughs> it's too, you're too quick, bro. Well, the nice thing about that glass rod, too, is no matter how hard you hit them, that rod is just going to forgive and hook them perfectly. 100%. You could set the hook like a madman, and you're not you're fine. Oh, it just keeps them buttoned up, man. It's just – it, 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 I, I hope you like it. Report back. I told him instantly. I was like, if you don't like it, I'll buy it from you right away. So <laughs> – Good stuff, man. Well, hey, man, thanks again for having me on, Andrew. Thank Great. You, yeah. Hey, man, thanks, everybody out there. Great questions tonight. It was a really, good really, really was amazing. Yeah. Hey, man, yeah, we'll do it again someday. All right? Yeah, man. Have a good Thank night. You. All right, you guys. Take Stay care. Man. Stay healthy. All right, man. Be well, everybody. Peace. That was a really good show, dude. That was easily our longest episode. And, again, huge thank you to everybody that stuck by us. We still got over – 60 people with us right now. So we appreciate all of you guys staying yeah, up. Thank you. I know it's late. It's past my bedtime. I'm whooped. And the national championship game. Oh, my God. I forgot. That's, is that still going on? Is yeah, anyone watching, is. If anyone in the comments right now that's watching, I, I want to score update ASAP. because <laughs> Just Google it. <laughs> I'm just – I'm lazy right now. <laughs> if you just ask me to type in the comments. Oh my God. Uh, either way, such a good show. Uh, Eric is always a blast to talk to. Probably one of the nicest and most genuine people that I have met within the industry. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure to uh, speak with him. And uh, hopefully we can get a like a JDM show role, and that would be pretty sweet. I know you would love that. You'd be all over it. Oh, well, how much time's left? Mm, half time. Oh, halftime? Oh, I got a whole other half. Though. I got to stay up late. Alabama put dropped 28 in the second <laughs> so Kyle and Saint, thank you for the score updates. Andrew beat you to it, unfortunately, but I appreciate the effort. <laughs> Much appreciated. Yeah. But uh, guys, we're gonna we're gonna hit it, and uh, we'll see you guys on Wednesday. We're gonna be having on uh, Debo fishing. You guys have I don't know if anybody checks out his uh, his page. Another uh, bait junkie. So we're 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 dealing into the uh, the whole bait industry. Uh, getting creative with a bunch of stuff this week. But I hope you guys enjoyed tonight's show. Absolute blast. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. Heck yeah.